<laughs> I noticed Clegane's already jumped in. He's like, "Hey, are they playing? What's up? What's the wolf's mouth off the hop here? I'm, I'm in, I'm in." Isn't Clegane's on vacation or something? What is going on with that guy? I think he's on permanent vacation since he pulled that number one Josh Allen. He just does nothing but vacation around. Yeah, he's. I, I want to be him when I grow up. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. He's like Dave. Dave's always on vacation too. Dave's out in like Florida right now. Right, right. He's in New York last week. I was like, "What's up?" He's like, "Well, I was only in." Dave says, "I was, I was only in New York for a day." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Let's go to New York for a day. No big deal." Right. Oh, we got Clegane's jumping up here. Clegane's, I always tell him he needs to move to the the best coast time zone, and now you're in the best coast time zone. How's it feel, Clegane's? Hey, hey guys. <laughs> um, I'm here for a wedding, and as you can tell with my voice, um, I had a good time, and I just wanted to come in and say hello before I went on the rest of my day. <laughs> You're out in, uh, is it Malibu or Venice? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Malibu. I'm, oh, I'm nice. staying in Calabasas, but the wedding was like at a like, vineyard or whatever in, in Malibu, in like the hills. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. super cool, and obviously, uh, I had a lot of fun because now I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> so the wedding, you can't be perfect. I don't know what the problem is. It's done wonderful. <laughs> I literally, I woke up and I tried to talk. It's getting a little bit better now, but when I first woke up, like nothing, no sounds were coming out of my voice or out of my mouth. Like I could not sit, <laughs> like utter a single word <laughs> this morning. So when you say you had a good time and now you can't you can't speak, so I guess my question is like, what is that good time for you that led to the to the voice issues? I think it was just because after the wedding, um, we went to like. Did you do some karaoke? Did you guys? Did you do some karaoke? <laughs> no, we went to an after party, but it was like, a, it was like a half like bar thing and like outdoor bar thing, and then they had an inside club area, and like we got a ta- like a huge table and like because of the music like you have to yell to speak so i think it was just like all the like yelling to talk it just led to the voice issue right right but yeah i have to go because my girlfriend's already yelling at me but uh, i just want to come out and say what's up (laughs) fair point fair point well good to hear from you have fun in cali i hope you're gonna go to go drive that tesla really fast again it was it was so scary, but uh, definitely recommend everyone everyone try like renting a Tesla for a day and doing like the super super sport mode. It's like zero to sixty in like two seconds. It's it's funny because the only time I've felt the super sports mode was I was at a wedding where they arranged rides home and the driver had a Tesla and we it was like two a.m. We're drunk as heck, and uh, he was like, "Can I put it on super sports mode?" And man, he just sucked us into the back of that car and drove so fast. So it is an experience if you haven't done it; it's pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely was a, a little scary, but yeah, good good talking to you guys. Have fun. Yeah, see you later. Later, quick games. Well, that was fun. That was nice of Cleganes to bless us with his. With his hungover presence, I know that's where we're, that's what you get on the Saturday West Coast mornings. Here, you get a little little groggier. Yeah. So, did you spike your uh, coffee this morning? No, I haven't yet. I thought about it. You know what? I will. I've got some Kahlua in the fridge. You're right. What am I doing with my life? 
I don't know. I don't know. I got a Tito's and club here for myself. See, my thing is, is I try to do at least a 12 to 14 hour fast. So I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat until noon. So sometimes the morning drinks can be a little tough because I have then no food in my system. And I'm like a 17 year old lady at a party sort of thing. Well, I, I think that's exactly what people are here for. So this is perfect. <laughs> Good point. Solid point. <laughs> so Saturday morning, here we are. We, uh, You were away last night doing stuff. And then I thought, you know what? Everyone's watching game five or game four. Why don't we just try Saturday morning? See how it goes. Yeah, I like I like the idea of it. We'll see how it goes and, and how people take to it. But, uh, you know, I'm old, so I, it, staying up late on Friday night is hard for me. So this is this is perfect. I like I like that staying up late on a Friday night is hard for you. you act like we do it on Mondays <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, I can't stay up past eleven on a Friday. So yeah, I need all the beauty sleep I can get. I don't know what to tell you, Davy. You're up here speaking. Look like you, uh, another person who's been ghosting us on Fridays. Um, looks like you were at a pretty cool event last night for Game Four. Hey guys, yes I was. I'm hanging with the steady breakthrough at Masset. I'm still at Masset right now. So that looked like it was in a theater, like maybe, a, I don't know, a movie theater or something. Can you give us a little bit about what went on and how they set that up? Oh, yes. Um, so um, Masset is a, like a historical, uh, like historical, <laughs> historic theater um, where they... Uh, convert an old cinema into like a bar slash kind of eatery slash movie theater. And uh, so basically they rent it out and it was yeah. super cool, like leather couches and, um, you know, um, literally a proper theater. So, um, so they set it up. And they have the screen and all that stuff where they can do streaming. So they did a live break after the game. They were going to do a halftime, but it was um, oh, it was quite overwhelming at the time. So we waited until the uh, end of the game. But uh, what a great game to watch last night. I can't even speak. I just woke up. Yeah, so that's really cool. So not only did they get an opportunity to get people together and watch the game, watch some basketball, but then they did their break after the game. I didn't realize that was part of it, too. That's pretty cool. Is Davey ordering drive through or something? I, yeah, I, I think actually, I think he's trying to get rid of his kids. That's what, what I heard was somebody who was trying to sell his kids somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> he only got six bucks per kid. It's not bad, to be yeah, honest. I mean, not bad. Inflation's killing the killing the kids. Yeah, the kid market's really, you know, like the top shop market. The kid market's pretty. The floor is really low right now. <laughs> you can get two dollar kids, you know. No, we had a Costco <laughs> gas station getting gas, and on our way to um, San Jose at the moment. So yeah, home of the sharks. Home of the sharks. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. So, but yeah, great night yesterday. Um, so basically, they put up, uh, they rent out a theater and uh, like free full beers on tap and um, food and drinks. They had taco 
tortilla chips with like cheese sauce and all that. Oh my god, it was so good. And um, like mini burgers, and um, I I I was, I can tell everybody was really full uh, by the half half time already because it's such a good uh, good food. So yeah, and um, a uh, couple of guys from oh the captain from Strength and Numbers, uh, which is the Golden State Warrior Top Shot. Uh, community captain came along, and also a few guys from the Top Shop Kingdom came as well, which is awesome, including PPE. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. Like um, they were trying to do the uh, halftime uh, halftime breaks, and um, uh, people on the stream were requesting PPE show his face and all that stuff. So, so that was quite random. And did he reveal himself? Oh yeah, we revealed him all the time. Like he's on a whole oh, bunch okay. of videos of the Kingdom uh, event. So yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's quite private, but yeah, we know what he looks like. Very cool. Love love to hear that kind of stuff. It's always fun to see people get together from the community. Wolf, they um. They also announced yesterday the jaw, the finally, right, the crafting challenge for jaw. What did you think of that? Uh, yeah, it's cool. Uh, you know, we got through the Thursday uh, announcement that didn't work out, and everybody had their usual uh, NFT Twitter freakout, uh, as people do. That's fine. I respect it. I respect a good freakout. Um, yeah, I think it's great. Um, I'm pro burn. If you've listened to me at all on the Wolf Den for a while, I've been wanting burning uh, a lot. Um, I'm I fall into the category where I'm I'm pro gamification, and I think this adds another level to the game. I think that you know some people I don't know if you do or not. Some people feel like burning is going to make this more complicated. It's going to be blah blah. I think that engagement is what will drive people to try this product out when it's ready in a year. And, and things to do like burning. So I thought it was great. Uh, it's a hefty a hefty fee to burn yourself a jaw throwdown. Uh, you were you've been waiting for this for three months. I mean, you've been uh, sort of put yourself in a in a. You told us on the pod a few times here that you you've been just sort of waiting in a standstill for this challenge. So how do you feel about it? Yeah, um, I, I I did it. Um, I, I completed the challenge. I think it's interesting. Um, I feel like it's a, it's a good challenge. The way they designed this particular one, I feel is good because I think it's going to keep the mint, you know, count pretty low, but it's not, it's certainly not impossible or crazy to do. Um, I found, I found it interesting that it seems like, I don't know, the last I looked, there was maybe 200 and, 20-ish completions, so that's like 2,200-ish moments that have been burned. I think it's fairly negligible in terms of like the overall um, ecosystem, so I'm interested to see sort of where this goes down the road. I also think it's interesting that I was watching the marketplace this morning, and it seems like throwdowns and some of the jaw rares, the all-star and things that you need to use for the challenge have gone down uh, in terms of the, the uh, list price, right? So the, I guess the 
perceived value of those moments continue to go down as people are trying to dump them, presumably not completing the challenge. So I found that to be interesting. I guess I thought if, if people had most of the pieces, they would complete it. But I'm wondering if maybe that's just not the case. I think there's an aspect where people who just have one or two of those pieces are just selling because they feel like maybe it will go even lower once the challenge ends. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's certainly possible. But like if if let's take the, the jaw, the, the newest all-star one here, the moment you can use it to burn. If you have it and the floor is dropping because people are trying to 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 dump it but people are also burning it. It becomes more rare. It's just a weird like juxtaposition. Like I think as these moments get burned, the, my perception was they'd be more rare and more valuable, but it seems literally real time. The opposite is happening. They're getting burned. So there's left in the ecosystem, <laughs> but the floor is actually going down as people are undercutting each other to sell. Right? Like it's a really weird thing for me. Yeah, I, you can never, I guess, get into the mentality of the, the what the seller's thinking. Are they just like sell now or? Ah. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think long term, it's got to be good. You know, you remove supply. We're in a ecosystem that, because it's sports based, you know, uh, LG had a great analogy on his most recent episode where he said, you know, it's like a faucet on, and there's, you know, so the just the faucet's never turned off because of the the nature of being in a sports NFT thing. So it's, it's good to pull the plug and drain some of these moments out. I hope they do this every week. And by the end of summer, we can burn a large percentage of moments. I think that would be when you start seeing movement on a floor. Sure. Um, I want to, I definitely want to get Joey hammer to, to chime in. Yes. He's, he's got, he's got a lot of great thoughts and he does. You know, yeah. But I also wonder like, how do you think the, cause they're going to roll out some team crafting challenges, right? Where, where you'll get rewards for each team based on burning certain moments. Do you think that's going to go over well? You think that, I mean, it seems like the jaw crafting thing. It doesn't feel like as many people as I thought would try to do it are doing it. Do you think that it'll I be think it's pretty hard. Teams? It's pretty hard. Like, I think it would be, say we get a, ch a challenge, just hypothetically, that's burn 100 any moment of a team for a team thing. I think we would see a lot more engagement as yeah. opposed to specific, you know, more expensive pieces to burn. I think burning the common floor is really when we're going to see a movement of things. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, Joey, are you uh, are you available? I know you're up here ready to speak, but I, can you can you chime in? Yeah, sure can. Um, He's medium angry because it's only midday. He hasn't had time to build his anger up yet. You know, I haven't had any cocktails yet in my system. Yeah, so, um, exactly. Yeah. I haven't stoked the fires. That's it. <laughs> um, crafting. I mean, so we're in the circle of trust, right? Like, this is a is this a safe space or is this it's like... a safe space? Okay, it is. Safe it's space. safe and nobody listens to it. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, let's let's open our hearts and, and speak our minds now. Um, so first, I think most people almost universally are pro burning and, and I fall I do I fall into that camp. If I'm being honest, if this is a circle of trust, I was I am a little disappointed 
in the jaw crafting challenge. And it strictly just comes from really from the, the two rare moments that they're asking you to kind of pick and choose between burning. It, it feels to me once again, that top shot is playing God for like, no, you have to burn one of these moments as opposed to opening it up to the universe, putting some parameters on it, make it a rare, make it whatever the hell you want to, but allow for them the community say, no, this is trash. I want to set it on fire. And then I want to then turn this into something else that I value as opposed to, you know what, like Jaws Throwdown. I, I love it. It's part of my set. And I don't necessarily know if I want to, I don't want to break up the, the set to take part of it. I mean, even his, his all-star moment, the mint's high, but, you know, it's his first safe space fucking all-star moment. And it's like setting that on fire is like, son of a bitch. And you could be like, oh, no, you could set his, you know, MGLE on fire. It's like, but that's not, I mean, that's a 750 mint, right? So it's like, that's not like in, a, in some type of massive abundance. So it just, it came across to me. And look, I get what they're doing. They're trying to keep the mint low um which they're this will accomplish that and this will be a moment that you're probably at the end of the day as a you know a true collector as we all bang our chest like you're probably going to want to have in your collection so i'll like this will be one of those things i'll probably fucking fomo into it you know towards the the end and i'm spending the 800 bucks because i don't want to break the sets but i don't have doubles of the fucking moments they want me to set on fire but um <laughs> but it, it's it came across to me i was like son of a bitch and maybe that that feeling is because i did i bought some extra um throw down two moments that i was all fucking jazzed up to set on fire and it's like nope you can only set three of them i'm like son of a bitch got me again top shot um but yeah that's just my my initial gut reaction yeah i'm i'm with you i think i was expecting there to be the option of like instead of a specific jaw moment or or you know one of the two I was thinking like it would be just a ment- like a rare Grizzlies moment, right? Like, because um, there's like the Brandon Clark in the throwdowns. There's I think DeAnthony Melton. He's a Grizzly, right? And he's got a MGLE. Like there are some players that I wouldn't feel bad about burning. Um, but I'm with you. Like Jaw's not one of them. I, I'd, I'd prefer not to have to burn rare Jaw moments. Yeah, and and I was just hoping that once again we the community would have more of a say into Top Shot once again is saying nope, we are then making these moments by default now more rare. But it is going to be interesting, and and once again, I'm not like this wasn't a like I'm so bent out of shape. I'm going to take the public Twitter and like try to you know make some noise. Like it's just one of those ones. Like eh. Um, but do you even like, Twitter, bro? If you don't do, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do actually I keep a lot of my thoughts inside because I don't want the Twitter rage mob to come at me. Um, but <laughs> but it, it, it just came across to me that once again, Top Shot is then just manufacturing value um, as opposed to letting the community to decide. And I was more interested in seeing like, hey, are we going to get some moments that get burnt like a lot in this? And maybe that's part of their design here is slow and steady, you know, by by making the two choosing between kind of the, some of the rarer moments, you know, the maximum burn has to then be low. So I think, you know, Wolf or you know, Mark, I forget which one of you guys mentioned it. Like the total like burn amount here is going to be insignificant. Like this is like, we're pissing in the wind. This isn't a supply reduction. Like let's all get over ourselves. Like this isn't, this isn't moving some type of, you know, needle here, but it is a, it's going to be an interesting test 
think. I, I think this one in particular from it, 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 they said months ago, it wouldn't be minted more than the eight, eight, eight. Yep. So I think, I think this one seems like it'll be more controlled than what I would guess the team ones will be. Cause they are trying to stick to what they said. The mint count would be there for it's the specific moments. I think we will see in the, in the upcoming weeks, a little more leniency on what can get burned and whatnot. Yeah. And that, once again, that's why I'm not so hell bent against it. Um, and like I said, I'll probably th- see, this is different because it's, you literally are just buying this moment in a different way, essentially. Um, at least in my mind, because once again, because I don't, I don't, think i'm at the point where i want to break sets to then build another set um that it's like then you just start you're literally buying stuff to burn it and that's no different than just buying the moment anyway and so it's this constant like hey look are people going to want to flip this moment can it it's going to cost you what 800 bucks i think last i saw is the the total price if you just buy everything because you don't you want to still keep those moments you don't actually want to eliminate them from your collection so it's just a different it's a different dynamic. It's interesting. I like it the, to the point of gameplay. It's it's neat. It'll keep you on your on your toes here. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out. It uh, it's interesting too because it will. I don't know if it'll be as low as Diallo, but right now we're at two hundred and twenty-two. So it does create an interesting aspect where only four hundred people or so might be able to be throw down three holders by the end of this. Who who's the um. Who's the current bottle? Is it Westbrook? Who's the current bottleneck for the season three throwdown set? Yeah, I think it's Westbrook. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And I saw that that took a, a nice little shit as people are like, wait a second, this is this is this is going. I mean, I think we all can probably agree this is going to be the new bottle. And to be perfectly honest, it probably should. Right. Um, but like I said, it's just. It's an interesting dynamic of of the forced hand of like you only have it doesn't feel like crafting for me like because you're like crafting is like it's arts and craft time build it out of you know shoelace strings and buttons and all this other shit it's like no you have to use fucking toothpicks it's like I don't want to use toothpicks like I want to <laughs> so that you know it's funny there's a um I forget even what it's called there's some baseball app thing that I I had or I may still have, but like um, uh, MLB Bunt maybe is what it's called. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but it's like these, uh, it's like a baseball thing. You open packs, but it's not like a top shot or candy thing. Anyway, uh, the point of the story is that they have a crafting component to it. And each, each series, like each year, there are four different tiers of commons and they're colored differently and their rarity is, is different, right? But they're all just every, it's like a base set that, that just, they're harder to get the different colors. But you can take like any three of the, the, the tier one and craft them together and you're going to get a random tier two. And you can do the same for all the tiers, right? So like, to your point, Joey, it is like totally market. Like you might have 10 of this guy, whatever, whoever it is, somebody you don't care about. Um, Joey Bart. And so you can, you can turn those into a higher tier, um, but you don't know what it's going to be. It's a totally random thing. Um, and that would be, I think an interesting aspect if Top Shot could, could go down that, that road. Right. 
yeah, I mean, these are all re- and look, we're we're in the uncharted territory. And I think, you know, sometimes we jump all over, you know, top shot shit for like they're figuring this shit out with us. Like we're all like building the plane while we're trying to fly it. So um, look, we'll see um, this. The good news was this wasn't one of those ones where it's like grab your motherfucking like pitchforks and and let's storm the castle here. Um, so like that's that's good because they have had those moments where it's like this is a complete like swing and a miss. Um, and those are the ones where it's like, you know, people really feel shafted and then you run the risk of users leaving and so on and so forth. This wasn't one of those. This is one of those like, ah, cool, like new tip. New features, like thumbs up it, and let's see where see where this bitch goes. Having done it, Mark, um, I, I get that Joey hasn't done it. I don't think so. You've done it. Was the feature quite smooth to use? Yeah, I mean, it was just like it was just like the challenges that they put out, right? Like you, you, there's the box that's blank, and it tells you what you need, and it, it automatically sort of sorts your collection so that you can just choose whatever you want. Um, And then it goes through the system. And then the only real difference is at the end, you have to type burn. So it's, which I think is, it's, it's a nice feature. It allows for people if they maybe second guess burning a particular player, or maybe they click something by accident, they can kind of go back and fix it. One thing that I would like to see, and I'd love to hear from anybody else who's done it. Like I had, particular doubles of uh series two and series three throwdowns and they were guys that i w- wanted to burn right like the the bottom end guys whatever there's no sort function in the challenge setting so like when you're on the page and you're on the box is empty and you have to put a player in there it just gives you all of your throwdowns but i've i'm found myself like scrolling through having to go through all 50 you know, one of the throwdowns plus 51 plus because I had extras to find the guy that I wanted to burn would have been really nice if there would have been a way to like type a name and just have that player pop up. Um, but th- I guess that would be my only critique. Other than that, it was a, it was a pretty smooth experience. It was very, very similar to the typical traditional challenges that we do. Mark, did you break your throwdown set? Or do you I did. Double- yeah. You said you I had to, yeah, I did. I had to burn. I burned Jaw um, from the Throwdown set. Are you going to rebuy him? Are you letting you letting her go? Um, I think I'm going to let it go. Um, I think what I'm going to end up doing because I've always had, I love the Throwdown set for what it is, um, but I've always had this internal conflict with like so many players in the set that I just don't care about. Um, I may rebuy the jaw because I like jaw and I'm probably going to keep, I mean, I'll keep it Diallo and Keldon Johnson and um, maybe some of the rewards I'll, I'll keep Zion, you know, some of the players that I like that I, that I care about I'll keep, but like, I don't know, Terrence Davis and uh, you know, Brandon Clark, those guys I'll probably just let go. Do you worry about them not getting whatever drops for the rest of your life for not having the throwdown two set? No, I don't. Do you worry um, about getting kicked out of the wolf pack? 
<laughs> I'm gonna hang on. I'm gonna hang on to the Diallo. I hope that's safe. <laughs> it better because I don't even own a Diallo, so it better not get you kicked out of the Wolfpack. But can we kick Spence out? <laughs> we'll use that reasoning. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're you seem pretty intent, Joey, on on keeping your site intact. I mean, is that more to do with like your the way that you collect and, and that you collect sets and you like that process. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever think about the individual moments within a set and whether or not you care about them or how does that go for you? Like that internal conversation that you have. Yeah. So it, it helps, it helps me not care about the individual moments so much um, because I think one of the things that I, the problem that I've always had with the platform is that the moments haven't mattered, but sets have. So it's like, okay, like then I, I, then I've been collecting sets because the sets have been more, at least specifically rewarded as opposed to, you know, some of the individual moment stuff. Um, but it, it's like, this is that funny game where you're like, okay, if by breaking a set, if you're getting a, an $80 rare pack every year for potentially the, like the rest of time, like, or things going to change? Like, but at least now it seems like sets are getting drops for at some point in time throughout a season and letting some of those things go just means you're, for me, it just goes into the calculation. So it's not just buying another $300 jaw moment. Um, or if I burn my jaw moment um, for the throwdown set, I'm not just setting that moment on fire to get another moment. I'm also then losing that potential benefit. And that's why, like, for me, it'd be, I'd just be fresh buying everything. Um, and I also, I didn't have a couple of the, um, like, the all-star moment uh, I didn't have. But that was one of the ones that's like, that's one that was on my list. I'd like to get it. And now there's going to be less of them. It's going to, in theory, should increase. So it's like, ah, shit. Yeah, but that's the thing that, at least right now, and, and again, the, the challenge was just released yesterday, and we'll see sort of how it shakes out, but... One of the things that I'm fascinated by so far is that that all-star moment is an exact example of what I was talking about earlier. The floor on that moment has dropped. So there are, there being, that's one, that's one where it's like, I feel like the, the flippers soon as like, look, if you're and not to then talk about a different tweet, but to generate like decent alpha on the platform, like you got to be plugged in. And when you saw them, this, the stuff come out, if you're, if you're plugged in, you're like, how can I make some some bucks? You're buying immediately, and then you're just like, fuck it, I'll I'll start to relist it. You're gonna, it's still being relisted at more than what you would have bought it for. So I haven't done any analysis. It's just kind of the gut feeling, but I bet you there's a bunch of people that were just buying and then trying to then you know put a price out there that they thought was reasonable. So it's now sitting out there longer, and they're like, ah shit, I'll just I'll just lower it. Um, and that and that's kind of at least for me. And then those that are in my camp that are like, ah, should I do it? Should I not do it? And you're like, Oh, look, prices are coming down. Like at some <laughs> point in time, I think there's, you're going to then see people then start to then step back in because they are going to want that moment. Like, I think this is, like I said, this is a, a collector's type of a moment. When we talk about like the first of things, like this is a first burning moment. And besides the fact, like this moment actually is really fucking cool. So checks like for the collectors, quote unquote, like this checks a lot of, like cool collector boxes. It, it is. It's a really cool, memorable moment from the season with the exception of he like fucking destroyed the Spurs. 
So um, not, not cool. Um, yeah, I'm wondering, what do you think? I mean, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a, a moment that collectors are going to want, I think. But what do you think? The, do you have any idea, expectation on the terms of value, what the moment may have in terms of like a market value? <laughs> no fucking clue, man. Like, check my account, dude. I have no fucking clue. My account's <laughs> taking a fucking beating. I have no idea what people are going to value these things at. You have to assume it's going to be valued at more than the sum of the parts that you set on fire to get it. But people are fucking, they're wonky. They're crazy. They do weird shit. So, I, I, dude, I don't know. A thousand bucks if I'm going to throw, stake a, you know, uh, throw a number out there. Yeah. I mean, I think that would make sense, right? If it costs roughly, you know, $800 or so to, to get the moment or, you know, to purchase the pieces to get the moment, then I think somewhere between 800 and a thousand would make sense. But to your point, people are really, really odd sometimes and they'll literally buy something and a day later sell it for less. And it's hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I think this one has a higher ceiling potential is that like, there's probably, I think there are going to be a decent amount of people probably that say, I don't want to break a set to that have been the sets that, for the parts and say, I don't want to break this set. And I also don't want to buy it. So I'll, I'll wait till then the moment comes out um, and then buy it then. And there there's probably, and then, but if you're then burning moments to get this one, you're probably likely not to just try and flip it immediately so I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those moments that, yeah, there's going to be some people that immediately just list it. They get gobbled up. And I, you probably then see this thing, you know, you know, move, move nicely higher as people start to then be like, ah, you know what, let's, let's go after this thing. Just a gut feeling. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that explains part of the, um, the price action of it going down, right? Because some people don't think it's going to be worth eight hundred nine hundred thousand dollars so if you're selling the parts um and the parts are going down in price you're like okay it's going to get to a point where a decent amount of people believe that it's going to be more than what the complete like the challenge completion is going to be worth right so i think that's what we're going to see um shake out the next couple days is where is that like equilibrium of what people actually think the price is going to be um, once the challenge is completed. And that also is going to depend on how many people completed it. So it's yeah. going to be this weird balance of like, okay, it's way under the Russell Westbrook bottleneck. So you're going to be like, okay, more people are going to start completing the challenge because they're going to believe it's the bottleneck is going to push the price up. And then you're going to get to this point where it's like two hours beforehand and it's probably going to be near the Russell Westbrook bottleneck number, right? And you're going to, you're basically going to figure out whether it's going to be the bottleneck or not at the end. And that'll probably determine like, I don't know, 10 to 20% of the price. So there's going to be this weird game that's going to be played by people who are going to be waiting on the sidelines and, and trying to see uh, what's going to happen with this thing. And that's probably why you're seeing all these throwdowns go cheaper um, because they don't believe that the prices of the, burning all these things is going to be worth the $800 or it started out like nine something, I think, and it's gone down to 800. Um, so, so it's just a reflection of what people think is going to happen. Um, and I think it's pretty rational, right? Uh, some people really want the moment and they're going to burn all the stuff. Some people are like, well, it's not really worth it. So I'm, I'd rather uh, sell all my stuff and uh, hold on to that money and see what the price of the John Morant ends up being. After mm -hmm. everything's done, I don't want to speculate, so I'm done. I'm going to sell all my stuff, 
I'm going to wait and then see what happens. You know, that's, so that's makes sense. Um, I think, uh, another thing about, um, Joe, what you said was, was interesting was like, he didn't want TS to determine what you should burn. Um, the problem is if TS opens up everything, right? Like they just like, yeah, burn any rare in a way they decided what you're burning. You're burning the cheapest, cheapest, uh, rares, right? I don't know how many that is, but like, it gets to the point where everybody's hammering the cheapest rares and then the next level, uh, when all the prices go up a little bit for the cheapest rares then they add the other, you know, rares that are cheapest. So it's all, so they're kind of deciding no matter what. Right. Um, and that's, that's kind of the, the delicate balance. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe any Memphis Grizzly rare you can burn, but it's just hard to figure out. Right. Like uh, I thought it was okay the way they did it. Um, um, I know there's a couple choices, like, you know, only two moments. And I think that's what you're addressing. Right. Which, you know, sometimes it's like, I think that's cool because it's, it's a John, John Morant specific challenge and it makes people actually make decisions. And I think they did it on purpose because they wanted to make sure the circulation um, wasn't above 888, right? So you kind of have to make uh, people make these choices in order to keep the circulation down. No, I, so, I and I totally agree with that. I just didn't. You're and you're right. This was a this was a decision, and it's a hard decision. And I don't fucking like making hard decisions. I want it to be easier. I want it to burn trash. Like, <laughs> I, if I'm being honest, it was like I, I wanted to be like, no, like, yeah, I want to just set stuff I don't like on fire, as opposed to oh shit, like you, I this is a tough decision. So that yeah, that was my point. And but you're right. I, look, with all these challenges, Top Shot is dictating in some capacity what the hell is going on i think that's that's fine i mean it's what they they have to do um but no you're 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 definitely not wrong yeah yeah i think it's so hard right it's like a delicate balance you don't want it to be too hard you want it to be too easy and um you know i mean i even heard complaints like on twitter it's like why aren't we burning common moments and i'm just like can you just I mean, like, can we just have one rare challenge and kick it off and just see what's up? You know, then like, you, don't worry, you know, you can trade in your common moments anytime you want. Right. It's like, we need to get rid of common moments. I'm like, yeah, it's called trade tickets. Like, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't understand what these, where these takes are coming from. So it's just like, uh, it's just such a, it's so hard for uh, Top Shot to please everybody. And, and it's just like every, everything they do is just like scrutinized from one avenue or the other. And um, I, I, I get the difficult position they're in every time they launch something new. I, I think that uh, I, I agree with you. It's nice that they just went with the rare one, did the challenge that they're supposed to do. Um, it, when you try to appeal to everybody, it just appeals to nobody. So get, get the jaw crafting challenge going that you said you were going to do. And it, it's an interesting point that you made too. I enjoy that. It is kind of interesting that they did make it a tough choice. You know, you want to burn, you have to burn a nice moment to get this nice moment, which is kind of cool, you know, instead of just trash turns into something nice, which I think we'll have in the future. I do think that these team things, it sounds like it's going to be a number of team rare and team commons. They said it won't be easy. So that I'm assuming, like Richard said, will burn the lowest value of the, you know, whatever the golden state moment is, the lowest one of that is going to take the biggest thrashing, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, Richard made and a I... really great point that, it, because it is, it's an interesting dynamic. The more people that complete the challenge technically then the less the moment is actually going to be worth um and 
And that's the, the, the old dynamic that everybody is constantly playing is like, how low is that mint going to be? Cause that's going to drive a lot. You know, scarcity is, is important. It matters. And you know, the, the scarcer it's going to be, the more you'd be willing to pay up to complete it. Um, so it's just, it's this constant kind of push pull, you know, situation and we'll, but the low and the lower that then those the parts get, the more that then you're like, ah, I guess I get just I can complete it. But then the, that's the market telling you that the moment's going to be worth less. So it's just it's it's it is it. It's fascinating gameplay and the dynamics of of, of what people are going to do. And you hope the top shot obviously is paying attention to to everything and collecting the data so that they can continue to to dial this thing in because. It's not, it's not like we don't live in a, in a world that's just a bunch of switches where it's just on and off. It's it, they're dials and dimmers and they're, you know, they're going to continue to hone this thing in. Um, and yeah, it's a good, it's a good start. And we'll, we'll see if people like tougher decisions um, or if it, you get a little more engagement from people setting trash on fire, which like you said, is probably likely to come at some point in time. Yeah. I think, I think tough decisions is important. I think it needs to be that way just because, you want to you want that challenge to be a lower circulation always so like you know um if it's easy then that means that challenge if it's an easy decision i'm gonna do it i'm gonna burn like 400 commons and then there's gonna be like everybody's gonna be like doing it if it's just like a no-brainer then like that circulation starts creeping up and up and up so um i you know i think you need to have that that like balance because like um you're going to have to find equilibrium somewhere for who's going to complete it. Who's not, who's, who's going to say it's not worth it. And who's going to say it is worth it. And I think it's kind of cool. Cause like, if you have to burn really good moments, but the circulation's kind of high, like I, I love the Steph Curry uh, metallic gold S two three pointer. It's a great play. Right. Um, what if you have to burn some of those that, that makes that play more valuable too. Cause you're going to burn that. So like now you're, now you're making a tough decision. Like that's a to tough burn, decision. Like, <laughs> what if you had to burn like a John Morant, the John Morant, you know, one of the John Morant Legos, but like in order to burn, in order to get like, you know, I don't know, a Jordan moment, you know, you know what I mean? And you're like, wait, I got to burn a, jo- a John Morant Lego for a Jordan moment. Like what's more important to me. Those decisions actually, to me, I think those are fun. You know, like, I think like, wow, like that's crazy. Like, I don't know what to do here. Um, so I think that'll be fun for people and it'll also make each of those moments more, more valuable. Right. Um, whereas like burning a bunch of trash, um, does that make that challenge special? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, like trading, trading in all this stuff. Um, we've been trading in millions of commons and it's trash. It hasn't really done anything for the market. You know, you know what I'm saying? So like this take that, like, we need to start burning more, more of these millions of trash that we already put out. It's like, well, it's already trash anyway. So burning it is what? What like, does that really do much? Like, like you got to burn the good stuff, and then there's fewer and fewer good stuff, and now that becomes more valuable. Like, I don't think people really truly understand that. That's what burning does. Is you have to have something that's worth the value to burn to make the rest of this stuff worth more, right? If everything's trash, then who cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's very true. I I think you know I always harp on it. I think if, what if they lit the locker room on fire tomorrow, and so it wasn't just recycled because those moments aren't gone. You know, this is a different situation where these moments are gone now. Um, LG, 
his last episode had a really good point. He talked about burning and he was saying this only works if it's aggressive. So say over the summer, we burn 25 to 35% of the moments in general. Would that make a difference? Do you think Richard? I don't think so. I mean, I'll be honest, like it has to be, if it's comments, I don't think so. Like um, just in general, say 25% of all top shop moments are gone by the end so of summer. This, if, they, if it's the same percentage across the board of like Legos and, and yeah. bears, yeah, I think that makes a difference. Absolutely. I think that'll definitely make a difference. Um, and if you make these people, everybody on here, make a tough decision of like, I got to burn this Lego for, for a much rarer moment. And like, yeah, those things will, those things will make a difference because the supply is so, so small anyways. Um, it'd make a, a huge difference on the top end. And I think the rares are the biggest problem. Out of everything else right now, the biggest problem is rares aren't rare. There's too many sets that have rare on it. Uh, and, and you know, 1,800, like, some of the rares have a higher mint count than the S1 commons. So, you know, what is that? Is the S1 common a really a, just a rare or vice versa? Is the S2 rare with the 1,800 uh, mint count, is that really just a common with a rare attached to it? I don't know. You know, it's up to people to decide that. But, like... So I think um, burning rares is really important to, you know, seg- segregate the two and separate the two. And, you know, um, I, I just think burning a bunch of $2 Bruce, uh, Bruce Browns, I was going to say Bruce Bowens, Bruce Browns is like, I mean, okay, who cares? You know, like, so now there's 20,000 Bruce Browns left out of the 120,000. Does that make the Bruce Brown something that somebody wants? And, you know, that's what, 80%, yeah. like, let's say we burned 90% of Bruce Brown's. Now Bruce Brown's going to be worth, instead of $2, going to be worth 3 I mean, does that move the market for anybody? Like, I, I don't get it's, it's that logic. That's yeah, a 50% it's, it's, return. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. Those Bruce Brown's are pretty interesting. Right <laughs> well, those Bruce Browns are pretty interesting because I think a lot of those 60K, right? We always say 60K, but they never actually released 60,000 of any moment. Like, I don't think that there has been a distrib- distribution of 60K on any moment. So I guess we get into a larger question of uh, do they burn all the packs? So say Bruce Brown right now, there's... 20,000 in the locker room and 22,000 owned and 17,000 hidden in packs. So I guess you you do kind of cross another bridge on, is there going to be a day where they, instead of putting out all these S3 packs, just say, Hey, we're lighting them them all on fire too, to go into this. So it's interesting. So say you did a, a, a common challenge recently and we got rid of 20,000 Bruce Browns and then all of a sudden there's only 2000 of them. Does that make a difference? It still might not, you know, it's a, it's a good hypothetical question. I mean, you're kind of seeing it with a lot of like the playoff moments and things like that. Like it, the, all those comments are like anything under anything 10,000 above, it's almost all priced the same. And so now you're getting down to like 8,000, 7,000. I don't know where, where are the fresh threads at or whatever. You're getting down like to those comments where it's like 7,000, like, they all seem to be priced the same now, like two, three dollars, four dollars if it's a decent player. Um, so, like you, you're you're seeing that being condensed, where it used to be much more spread out, right? And then people, I remember people saying, "Well, like, like thirty-five thousand, you know, that's going to be so few." But like, um, 
right now. Yeah, when we have 10 million people on the platform, <laughs> yeah. 35,000 will feel like, you know, yeah. but that that's not, you're right. It's the math is wrong there because it's not factoring in 35,000 times 400, you know, uh, how many plays there are in that season. So it's actually so much more than that. I think that that's the excitement of a burning mechanism though, is if, if we do a summer long burn, we have burn challenges every week. And then we get to this place where it's like, hey, 100 or 400 uh, of your favorite team commons will get you a, a specific hat you can only get through here of your team, you know? And then all of a sudden, maybe it takes a year, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, we've created this alternative currency with commons that maybe increase the value, but maybe not. Maybe a common kind of moment is always going to be three to four bucks, you know, because there's always going to be more common moments coming. We know that in series four, there's going to be some more coming. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you just, that'd be great. Like, I mean, trade, trade tickets is like basically burning if you're really, I mean, thinking about it. Um, but I think that it, like, if they were super aggressive and that would, what would be with the needle for commons, it would be like, well over 50 or 60 percent burned that that would move the needle right yeah like 10 percent, 20 percent, 30 percent. i don't i don't think that moves the needle at all i mean how many millions of moments have we burned already so if you're going to do comments then you get you do aggressive like if you want to get this moment you got to burn 200 comments or 100 comments like (laughs) like like you gotta be aggressive you you know what i mean like it's not like hey complete this challenge turn in like 12 floor moments it's like okay then we just created another you know high pop moment and what yeah sure we got 12 moments out of there but we just created another high pop moment that's not gonna be worth much anyways either so it's like what's the point of that like make people actually the 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 prize worth something like 50 bucks 100 bucks at least you know not not like 10 dollars or 15 dollars i agree that doesn't do anything you know so i hope they're aggressive I agree. It does need to be aggressive set, like a hundred minimum if we're doing commons, you know? Right. It, it, this all leads us to an interesting, I was looking to segue here, but Joey Hammer said earlier, and it's something I think about lots and Mark and I talk about lots, but Joey said earlier in, in his, uh, when he was talking that we're all flying right now and building the plane at the same time. And, and, and I guess that's what we're doing. I just want, I wanted I want us to talk about that a little bit because you know we hold uh, Top Shot accountable or whatever NFT accountable to. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. Does I just want to pose this question to you guys and see what you think? Does anybody know what we're doing? You know, we always, as the Twitter user, act like we know what they should be doing, but we're kind of in this uncharted territory now. We're right. We're all in the enterprise together, uh, including the, the the folks at Dapper. Um, even in this burning thing, does that leave you? enticed for the future like excited for the future does that leave you more scared it seems like lately i see more people scared that we don't know where we're going i'll i'll jump up and and we'll give joey and richard a, a minute to think um i will say this wolf i think top shot is incredible and they have done some incredible things and they have i mean they listen to the community um I don't know. I don't know of another NFT product that listens as well. Sometimes I think you could argue that they listen too much, um, 
and and they should maybe have a plan and you know the quote unquote roadmap and stick to it and not necessarily listen as much as they do. I think for me, like all of the different components in this this challenge, this crafting challenge with the burning aspect is a great example. I think it's going to be great for the ecosystem and for the platform, and they've got a lot of ways they can make it work, and they can tier things, and they can do it for for everybody, right? So there's there's more difficult and and easier things that you can craft and get. Um, I don't worry about that part of it, that like the technology side of it and, and the way that it's run out. For me, the questions and and the the concerns come from like the communication that they they don't have nailed down yet and it's it's been years it's been 2 years and they still like miss the boat on some communication stuff and you know like those concerns i think are where i am and to me that's worse than the product itself because the product could be can can be changed can be tweaked you know, they've gone through different people. There's been different voices. There's been different people sort of at the helm. And, and the result seems often to be the same thing. And that, to me, is really concerning. I'm not entirely sure. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I just sometimes get, like, concerned about not the product, but some of the other stuff that goes along behind it, right? The thought processes, the communication, the... The, the, the what seems like mistakes that happen videos released and then pulled immediately and you know like I, those things to me are far more concerning than the product itself i think the product is incredible i mean the moments especially um you know the season one moments were a little shoddy you know and, and you had different tiers of the same moment and whatever but like since then they have done an incredible job austin and this jaw challenge is a great example. It's an incredible moment. Um, I don't worry about any of that stuff. My concern lies sort of on the other side of that coin. Yeah, I'm going to echo that like 100. percent It's not the it's not the product. That's the irony of this whole thing. It's everything's better. The website's better. The moments are better. Like the moment themselves, the art is awesome. Like that magic art. Like everything's like getting better technically. The problem is something's missing with the, the overall who is who is running the ship kind of like not like um, I mean like communication wise and also like decision making wise like this jaw crafting thing. It took three months to get this off the ground. Why did you use the jaw crafting? Like why did you even use jaw for the crafting then? Like if it's going to take three months can we use it for something else? Or can we just shelve it till S4? You know like why announce it? <laughs> you had know, all these people specking about it when it was announced like three months ago. They're either sitting on it or they got mad and they dumped it. Or you know, like, like it's the it's. I, I hate the fact that they just set um, all these anticipation expectations, and then people get frustrated and then they leave. And that I think that's the big that's the biggest problem is like they're setting these expectations and then. They don't deliver on the expectations. So they didn't need to even set these expectations in the first place. And everybody would have been fine. You know, you know, like so so I'm just not sure like who is making these decisions about when to announce things and, and when to execute on things. And if something's not going as planned, 
how to pivot. Like we, I think they really need people in place to make those decisions quickly and communicate that effectively. And I, I think that would go a long way. Like it, it's just really maddening. Um, s- simple things like that to to get messed up when they have so much going for them on the platform. Yeah. So like for me, it's the, the ride has been ex- exhilarating. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You're meeting, you know, new people you're engaging with, with a, a new, you know, platform and, you know, talking about, you know, technology that didn't quite literally exist, you know, two years ago or, you know, roughly, um, or at least in it exist in, in its current form and having the capacity to literally, you know, bring in billions of people um and so the the ride is, is exciting but it's to, to echo the points it's the self-inflicted wounds that are they're nauseating at point uh at some point and it's the the expectation for the users is to be super tuned because that's where it's like okay if you're truly kind of you know in the weeds like you can find you know pockets of of value and so on and so forth so it's like the attention to de- the expectation is that the user pays this ultra attention to detail and yet they don't, um, you know, miss deadlines. And to Richard's point is sometimes it feels like, do you need to even set a deadline? Like if it's, if it's not ready, don't talk about it maybe. I, but once again, but by talking about it, it does, it piques the interest and you can literally the feeling becomes, you know, tangible where the excitement just ramps up you know and you'll start to then see moment value starting to then increase because of additional excitement so it's like i talk out of both sides of my ass like i think you know everybody does um sometimes where it's like you know we we want the peaks behind the curtain and then we all get upset when because they gave us a peak behind the curtain they end up missing the the deadlines that they're that they're setting so um my bigger concern is the amount of time effort and energy that i've spent on the platform i can feel myself fatiguing and I'm getting tired and I am losing some of that, that joy and excitement that I previously had. So I, and we've all said it. Sometimes you just have to kind of take a step back, step away, you know, find some other things to fucking do, you know, go outside, touch some grass um, to then, you know, relight some of that, that fire and passion. Cause at least personally, I like I'm just more tired of some of the, the time and the effort that that you spend when you, it seems like you continue just to be strung along in certain situations but this is the shit's exciting like i'm like i come across sometimes like i'm just bitching all day but it's like this i'm fucking here i'm not selling shit like i'm in it <laughs> yeah that's, i was and you know to go back to the star trek metaphor where we're uh, exploring undiscovered countries that probably is tiring too, right? You know, like you probably at some point want a predictable place to go land and go on vacation. Um, I think you both had great points and we got Luke here. So who else better to f- go in on this topic? Luke, we were sort of, I don't know if you heard the start of it. Uh, I posed the question on if it was exciting to be in a platform right now that is sort of <clears throat> being created as we go on, you know, um, where I don't think anyone here, including the people making the platform, know what the end game will be because it is so new. Uh, so go in, go go on, Luke. Welcome to the Wolf Den. I see the wolves are circling out for blood. We're coming circling around. Blood. Teeth are out. out. Coming out, out for me. No, look, um, in, in seriousness, 
first of all, I just got back from the gym, so I'm a little bit. I need I need a second here. My head's a bit a bit all over the place, but um, just wanted to jump in when I heard it was Joey Wright saying how, um, you know, maybe if we're starting to feel a little fatigued, like, I definitely recommend in this space, not just Top Shot and NFTs in general, in in the internet in general. Like sometimes just take a week or two off. Like it's fine. You'll still be there when you get back. You know, you might miss one pack drop or a couple of challenges, but there'll be more afterwards. So I think it is really important. And and I mean, look, I, I know Joey, I know you guys in the Wolfpack, we spoke a lot and you guys have seen me say this before, but like, it's okay to take a step back now and again. And so I think what happens when you do that, who was it in the Wolfpack who was talking about this themselves? So I can't remember, but you take a bit of time off when you come back, not only do you feel fresh and sort of excited, but you start to like appreciate things that kind of got you excited for collecting on Top Shot in the first place you know at least that's the experience that a lot of people share so i think it is sometimes good to step back from nfts in general for a little bit you know especially if the market's down or there's a little bit of volatility in the wider ecosystem it, it can be good um but also to that point of like building as we go i think the build sort of building in public approach it, it is very web free and i think it is a fair point right like where or how top shot looks in five years and where we are could be vastly different to where we are now right and it, it might be something that it's hard to imagine because so much can change. But I think that's really exciting because even though we are still building, we are in beta, there is still development to do and a lot of work to happen. We also do have a really awesome product and platform already. You know, I don't think there's any platform in the NFT space that can really match what Topshop has. You know, that marketplace is it's just really slick. Shout out to the engineers that work on that all the time. It's just incredible. We're constantly rolling out these new features. We just had the crafting challenge go live. Like, I know there's still work to do, but it's undeniable that we already have a fun platform so i think it is really you know interesting to think what might happen in a few years time you know i mean like team captains are an example of that i know they're not technically directly on the platform but they're a part of the ecosystem right and it's really cool to see that and we have the ecosystem grant shout out to the ecosystem grant remember you can apply for grant money if you want but we're already seeing that with the things like poaps through the float system from the emerald dow now in dapper wallet that was a direct result of that ecosystem uh, fund so we're already seeing how the experience of what it means to touch, collect on Top Shot and Dapper Sports at large can be changed by third parties as well. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, uh, I, I have a question, Luke, and I don't know. I, I'm going to put you on the spot a, a bit, but you can you can give a political answer and sort of talk around it if, if you feel like you need to. I'm just curious, right? Like, you're in a unique position, I think, because of your work with Top Shot and your own project and so you i assume have a vision for your project and i'm confident that that changes from time to time as you learn more and, and it grows but you have a, a plan and you have you know your own communications for that project and you have you know you use your your twitter and discord and, and different things and you're a part of the top shot ecosystem and, and the way their comms team and, and you've worked with that like when you're looking at it as, as a Dapper employee or a Top Shot employee and, you know, they put something out and, and there's a mistake or there's some oddity to it and there's some, you know, pushback from the community. What's your perspective on that? And, and, and how do you how have you used that perspective to avoid some of those things in your project? So it's a super interesting question. And I think one of the, the, the things that really stands out to me with that unique experience you talk about is it just reminds me personally how different Top Shot is. You know, it, to me, it, we do it all the time, right? Top Shot's like an NFT project where you can collect NBA uh, video highlights, right? But it doesn't 
doesn't feel like a project you know like like a project is like like pyland that's a project even doodles is like a project right but like and that's a really established brand at this point but Topshop feels so much more than that you know it's more than just a project it feels like it's, it's something it's it's culture it's fandom it's so much bigger and so i think when something does go wrong or not not you know maybe a communication error maybe a product error whatever it is um, I think we look through it, like personally, I look through it for a different lens than I would if that was, say, my project or another NFT project, right? Because it is just different. There's so many more concerns and things at play. Like Dapper Labs is a billion dollar company. They have a, a bigger legal team than most NFT projects have a team, period. You know, they have partnership concerns. They have uh, long-term economic staff members who are focused on those sort of things, right? So there's all these different factors that go into like so many decisions, whereas like a small pfp project or a smaller nft project or, or my project for example is a much more nimble team where you know we, we have like one lawyer <laughs> we have like one legal counsel and i can like hit him up on like a whatsapp or, or a discord dm you know it's very different to like here's the team i mean i'm just using legal as one example because i think people kind of get that straight away but it's the same when you talk about support team marketing team community team it's just bigger and so that has pros and cons one of the pros is that we can do a lot more because we're a bigger team. We can just put out some really awesome stuff. We can have one person who's going to be dedicated to the team captain's program, for example. I can jump in spaces on a Saturday whilst the UFC Stripe team are hosting an AMA in their Discord. You know, like all these things are happening all the time at Dapper Labs and Dapper Sports because of the larger teams. The downside is that, you know, you don't have the same level of oversight into every single thing that goes out because a lot is happening. So I think it is just pros and cons. I don't know if that kind of answers it, though. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I mean, I, that's exactly it, right? Like, there's there's a perspective that you have, and um, part of that perspective is built upon the premise that they're 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 different scales, um, and that's completely understandable. Absolutely. Yeah, like like a take your standard NFT project. I want you to buy land just so it's just like complete not. Uh, conflict of interest but like standard project maybe has two to three thousand holders right maybe less like maybe it's one thousand fifteen hundred maybe it's more three thousand four thousand right so when they quote unquote make a mistake there's a few thousand people they need to address and whenever you know a mistake is made maybe like 50 percent of people are just like not interested not bothered whatever it doesn't affect them and then maybe out of that other 50 percent, 25 percent they understand and they've been in those positions you know they've worked in the industry whatever it is and they're fine so then like when you actually get some amount of people that are like really upset, really bothered, um, you know, it's, it's quite a small number because you're talking percents. And I'm not saying it's okay to make a mistake if there's a small number. It's still not okay. But my point is that, like, how you address it and how you make right is different because the scale is different. Whereas when you look at Top Shot, like, that number, even if it's still 25%, 10%, whatever it is, it's still, like, 5,000 plus people. So it's, like, you know, the that's why I think it's so much more scrutiny because it's one of the biggest NFT communities, period in terms of like holders and the sort of range at which people hold. It's not like everyone is holding one NFT that is kind of a similar floor price, right? People are holding anywhere from 10 NFTs to a thousand NFTs. So it's just like a very different uh, setup in that regard to compare it to other NFT projects. Yeah, I, I can, I mean, that's really well said. It's certainly an interesting, again, it's an interesting perspective. I think, I, you know, it, the mode, I always find it fascinating, the mode by which we communicate, right? Like Twitter, I think the where Twitter and Discord, I feel like um, a lot of people do both, but there's there are some people that only stick to one or the other. 
But like Twitter in and of itself, I mean, there are algorithms involved. And so your timeline can be filled with with certain things that you see and you feel like everybody's feeling the same way. But it, it's really not everybody, right? It's, it's just the way the algorithm's throwing shit at you. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's like, and look, I, I love the bubble. Okay, don't get me wrong. I love this little top shot bubble we have be it the Wolfpack, be it Huston Showroom, be it just like individuals that we engage with on a regular basis like Vim and, and Alexa. Like, I, I love that. It feels like my community. It's the people I listen to and speak to all day, every day, right? But it is a bubble. And even within Topshop, it's a bubble on Twitter. There is at least a few thousand collectors who never check Twitter and they're still collecting. They're completing challenges, all that sort of stuff. And I know to all of us in here, it's like, wait, what? There's a few thousand collectors that don't know about Wolfpack? That's crazy. Yeah, that's that. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fake news. Fake news. Cancel the right now. But like, and and yet we're you know you guys are in here having super passionate discussions. I hear it every week when I when I turn up. I see it in the DMs when I read them. So like, you're all super passionate, and I think that's really great. But there's pockets of that throughout that bubble as well. You know, there's bubbles within bubbles. There's bubbleception, and so like I think sometimes you can fall into one of these bubbles where people are super positive and super happy and life is great. And sometimes it's the opposite. And so I do think it's important to always take whatever you see with a healthy bit of skepticism. If someone's like, yo, we need to fire Dumbo. Maybe she's like, uh, do we? I don't know. And if someone's like, Dumbo's amazing, we should promote him. She's like, no, nah, definitely not. You know, like, just, it's always going to be like that. It's always going to be a zero or one to a degree. And I think it's important for us as individuals to like try and take each thing we see with a little bit of criticism or uh, skepticism or pinch of salt, you know? Yeah, no, I absolutely. That makes perfect sense. And I think sometimes we just completely forget about it. We get so wrapped up in in our bubble, to your point, in our in our own little worlds that we forget that there are that it's limited and it's not really even the NFT space in general is not that far reaching, right? Like the masses haven't signed up for this stuff yet, whether it's Top Shot or any other project. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a certain it, yeah, you've got no idea. Like, I, I went to like a crypto meetup the other day, and it's just like a small one in the city, like, I don't know, 10, 15 people. And I do went to and I was like, ah, oh, I work for Dapper Labs. And, like, one person was like, oh, yeah, Dapper. Yeah, yeah, from Topshop. And I was like, oh, collectors like, no, but I heard of it. And I was like, <laughs> so then I just stopped. I was like, so what's everyone else? Do you guys collect NFTs? And they were like, no, like, one person collects NFTs. They're right, they were here to talk about crypto. And even in the crypto space, they're still like not realizing or seeing or getting NFTs yet. And it's like, man, I was, it was one of those moments I was like, oh, that's a bit of a shame, but also how freaking exciting is that when in a year, two years, three years, everyone's into NFTs, you know? It's a bit, uh, I don't know if endemic's the right word, but that's a bit of how our culture is nowadays, though. So uh, j just in general, say it was 1997, right? I'll take you back on a trip to 97. We all I'm would so watch. Where this is going. So we would all watch the same wait, 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 show. Wait, wait, were, were we wearing clothes in '97? What, what's going on here, Wolf? You're '97. You've got, uh, you know, you're dressed. I'd, I'd have really baggy pants. I was wearing one of those, like you know, Samuel L. Jackson style Kangles, but I was wearing it backwards. It was yep, looking yep. pretty. I was pretty cool. It was the oh fat kid, God. but still kind of cool. '97. Um, were you wearing a flannel? To, no, that was post flannel. Post flannel. Okay. Okay. More rap style, uh, listening to a lot of West Side Connection, uh, Bow Down, playing out the subwoofers in my truck. Uh, but so in, it, we would all watch the same show. 
and nowadays it's like our culture is fragmented like that. So it's interesting what just sort of was thinking about that as Dumbo said, you know, you've got crypto guys and you've got NFT guys, but within that we've got sub genres everywhere. You know, nowadays, instead of we all watch Seinfeld and we talk about it on the water cooler, if you go to work and you talk about, Hey, I watched this show last night. Most likely the person hasn't watched it because they're binge watching some other show. So it is an interesting analysis to culture. Like how can we bring this thing to a, a mass, you know, usership where I'm not sure that that exists anymore. I think that we're in this weird fragmented subculture world. Yeah. Personally, I mean, I love the, I love the go back to 97. I'm not, I'm still not too sure what I added, but I do love it. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll let Mark go next. I was going to say, like, I think it's a fair point, like, but I think it's just, uh, it's a product of the times. I think it's a good thing overall because it just shows the, the wealth of options and choices we have, you know, we got Mark. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think the '97 was pivotal in that in that story, so that's perfect. Um, I I think we've talked about it. I think on the spaces, but definitely in in the, the Wolfpack DM. I honestly think like the future, the the way that people get into NFTs is they won't really know they're in NFTs, right? Like they'll go to um, a restaurant and the coupon will be an NFT, right? Or they will buy a ticket for um, um, a concert or a play or, you know, the, their high school production ticket for their high school play will be an NFT or actually uh, got one recently. Uh, Kendrick Lamar got tickets to his show and your ticket stub comes as a collectible NFT now. Yeah. Like I think that is when, when that becomes like the, the, the way that things are done, which I think eventually will be because so much can be done. Like, you know, like the, the, the way the blockchain can be used, the value that can be added to that ticket stub, maybe later, maybe, you know, somebody collects ticket stubs. I don't know, whatever. Like the, I, I just think that that'll be the way that the masses adopt NFTs. The problem is going to be, they don't realize they're adopting NFTs. Does that make sense? No, I, I, yeah, I get you. I think um, I don't know it's a problem per se. It's just a reality of what is cultural change, right? Like, like I, I think it happened with the internet. People didn't really realize how much they were uh, accepting the internet in their lives until it was kind of like there, you know? And now it's so pivotal to everyday life. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think these things just take time to have cultural impact. Like the Kendrick Lamar one is like a really interesting one because it's like, if you're interested, you're like, that's super cool. And you tell your friends about it and look into it. And if not, you still just get it. And so I think what will happen is over time, naturally, the amount of people that are in the, oh, I'm super interested in this, this is cool category will kind of increase and increase. Um, and I think we'll see more movements to encourage that as well as people kind of get it. You know, I get the truth is there are, there are the, the movers and shakers and some of them get it and some of them still don't get it. You know, uh, Dapper Labs obviously was one of the first companies to really get into NFTs back in, in 2016, 2017. Um, literally coming up with the term nft right so you know that was only five years ago and now we're at a place where there's like tens or hundreds of thousands of people that are collecting nfts but that only happened last year so you know what does the next five years look like it could be could be huge it could still take longer yeah you know that's a really interesting point luke and i'd love to hear your thoughts as somebody who obviously in a day-to-day sense lives this stuff um I believe, and, and I know, again, we've talked about this before, but I believe the pandemic and the fact that people were 
you know, more at home. They were less out in public. They had seemingly more free time to sort of get into this sort of thing. Um, I wonder if that sort of big spike that happened last year through, through NFTs in general will carry forward as we move out of the pandemic or if people will revert back to their, you know, pre-pandemic lifestyle and sort of leave NFTs a bit more behind. Um, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it was definitely a perfect storm, right? Like there was definitely, um, you know, the pandemic happening, right? As Topshop was kind of going live and there was, you know, just this perfect storm for it to happen. Um, and it's, you know, would have had as much growth if not. Maybe not, maybe maybe less, I don't know, potentially, maybe more, because obviously what happened during COVID and pandemic is people had to be a little bit more frugal, be a little bit more careful. People didn't have maybe the same income they had before, or they were worried about future income and no one knew how long it was going to go on for. So I think those things were sort of negative factors as well for a potential boom. And we don't always talk about that because it's, it's hard to talk about the like, if you can't quantify it, if you can't talk about things you can't quantify. And so I think... Will people go back? Some will, some won't. Like we're, we're at a point where NFTs are clearly here to stay now. We've kind of passed that barrier. So I think it's just a case of, will we see another boom? Maybe if there's another perfect storm, and it doesn't have to be a pandemic. It might be something we can't even picture happening. It might be like ETH going to level two and, and that, that does it. Or it might be that there's some other big movement that happens. Um, or we might just see gradual growth. But I don't think we'll see like a huge reduction or shrinking obviously right now during a downturn we certainly will because that's the nature of it people are like oh things are going down i don't want to buy in but you know the markets will always go up and down across all markets that's just economics so it might be that the next time the market starts going up it goes up with a vengeance because everyone who's been like watching nfts on the sideline sees that happening and now wants to jump in but it's really impossible to tell like will that happen won't that happen i believe it will happen eventually i don't know if it happens next month or next year but I think it's kind of inevitable, in my opinion, because NFTs are such a force. Like what NFTs do is they give ownership to individuals, which means that the success of NFTs is no longer tied to a single business or a single collection. It's tied to hundreds of thousands of individuals and vice versa. They're tied to the success of it as well. So like that's really powerful to think about. Right. When you have conversations like in the dapper sphere, uh, do you guys often talk in these like five year 10-year sort of things. Are we assuming Luke gets to be a part of those conversations? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, back in 97, uh, <laughs> Luke was. 97 was how long ago? 25 years ago? Jesus. Um, oh, that's depressing. Let's just take a minute to realize how depressing that is. Um, <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out, Luke. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. Um, no, I, like, honestly, so Dapper... I've definitely spoke about this a little bit before, and I don't think this is, you know, hidden information, but Dapper operates in kind of sort of almost as multiple businesses in one, right? Because it is so huge at this point. So you have like the Dapper Studio, the Dapper Sports, which has like Top Shot, Yossi Strike, and NFL All Day. And then you have things like the Dapper Wallet team, right? That they kind of operate separately and they handle the Dapper Wallet. Obviously, they work closely with, you know, the Top Shot product team when it comes to wallet integration, but generally, we don't like need to engage regularly. We already have the Dapper Wallet for Top Shot. It's set up. It's good to go. They're a separate team. And then you have things like Dapper Collectives, which are working on the Brood DAO, and that's really exciting. It's still kind of relatively new, but you know, probably see more soon. Um, and I'm excited to see what they're doing. And then you also have the Flow Team, and the Flow Team are like completely separate. Like they don't 
there's not many people who on the flow team know the top shot team and vice versa and it's i mean obviously you, you get to meet them in like water cooler sort of hangouts kind of thing but that's about it so um i'm not particularly involved on the five-year discussions on every team because that would be wild that would be exhausting um i have been involved in some of them for certain teams um for example you know the top shot team obviously we're very very much thinking long term especially when you're looking at like things like a crafting sort of challenge and, and the impacts it has, it's really important to have that long-term view because it's permanent. You can't undo a burnt NFT. Um, and then uh, I have done a little bit on the flow side as I'm working more on the flow team at the moment. So I've been helping them uh, with some stuff. Um, honestly, it's mostly just like Discord setups for partners. Um, and that has involved more long-term thinking because the flow team, given that they're a blockchain, are always thinking long-term. They're always thinking, what, what does five years look like, you know? So I'm going to put you in the hot seat, Luke. Uh, what's your favorite team? Um, I quite like the Lakers. <laughs> no, I mean Dapper team. Yeah, Come on. Mean, Which right, one is the best? Which one mean, is... Come on. I want uh, it. I Luke, want don't know. worry. There's no two-lettered individuals here worried about your basketball knowledge. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, I think uh, it's really hard to say, right? Because it's, it's like there's favorite teams for the people and there's favorite teams for the work. Like, I love work alongside Jacob and Mike. I couldn't think of a, of a better duo of people because their passion is unmatched. Like, no one... I don't think... Obviously, the Wolfpack, you guys kind of know, but I think most people don't realise that, like, Jacob, like, lives and breathes NBA. He lives and breathes Top Shot and he lives and breathes his community. And so, like, even when I'm, like, a bit stressed or I've had a long day, I just jump on a call with Jacob for, like, 10 minutes and it reminds me of why I love it just from hearing him talk, you know? So, like, I 100%, um, you know, he's my, he's my lead. He's my, I guess, manager, but he's, like, my boss. And... Couldn't think of someone better to work for and alongside. So definitely there. That's that's a big one. Um, but then I also like the flow team because the work I'm doing on the flow team is very like different and it's cool and it, every day is kind of something new and exciting. Um, so that's really cool as well. Um, but I don't know. It's a tough one, right? I'm definitely super biased to Top Shot, but then it's also really fun to jump in and do different stuff. But I, I don't know. I need to think about it more, I think. Yeah. Whatever one most wants to fire me is the one I most want to be on. <laughs> you mentioned a couple of times this phrase and and maybe it's how you refer to it internally i don't know maybe i've just missed it but you've said dapper sports um i think that i think that's an interesting sort of way to put it right because there are sports and then there are other things that dapper is a part of that that are not sports related um you know genies being an example right so like um it's like so so outside of the internal discussions and the way things are sort of laid out like do you think that eventually there will be the like these giant different aspects of dapper where they have like dapper sports and underneath that is all of the <clears throat> top shot the ufc the la liga whatever you know the um all the stuff the the cricket like all the stuff that's coming out that's sports related and then there'll be like these other things i mean is that sort of how you see this developing um, man, this, this feels like a Rohan question. <laughs> like, I don't, um, <laughs> me personally, yeah. Like, personally, I'm, I'm super bullish on Dapper. And I feel comfortable saying that, you know, it's not like it's, yeah, like I am. Like, I, I think by 2025, I think Dapper Labs will be a household name. And when I say household name, I don't mean you and your mates down at the pub all know what Dapper Labs are because you're all collecting like, top shot. I mean, like, household name, you can go to a town in Thailand mentioned Dapper Labs. Like, oh yeah, I've heard of Dapper Labs. Obviously I'll speak Thai, not English, but you know, that that's what I mean. Like an international <laughs> recognizable brand name. Like I truly believe Dapper Labs will get there. Um I think by twenty twenty five, 
maybe be longer. I could be wrong on that. And I'm sure people that are smarter than me could talk more about the timeline. But yeah, I think it's inevitable. And I think when you look at some of the acquisitions and some of the partnerships and some of the things that are coming out, it kind of makes sense. Like we have Topshop. We've also got Suitables. Right? You guys were probably all familiar with Suitables. That was a really big deal when it came out. It was really exciting. Um, completely diff- different demographic. We also have things like Cocomelon that are dropping on flow and helping work with Apple Labs there. We also have um, a bunch of stuff and I can't remember what's public and what's not. So there's just a lot happening, right? Like La Liga's work, right, for example. Right. That's definitely... Don't, don't worry about what's public or not. Just tell us at all. <laughs> but like uh, La Liga, for example, um, not only is that literally a different sport and a different country, it's just a different makeup of fans. Um, and so like it's really exciting that even with Dapper Sports, there's so much untapped stuff when you step back and look at, what, I think what we tend to call it is like Dapper Studio. I'll call it Dapper Sports because that's the stuff I do, but like Dapper Studio can therefore include things like Seussables and Genies, um, I believe. I'm not too good at the business organizational side of stuff, so don't quote me on any of this, but I, I believe that will only continue to grow and build because more and more uh, big brands and big names want to get into NFTs. We're seeing it all the time. And not, not all of them end up burn with Dapper Labs, like um, Adidas partner or Adidas, as you Americans say, did that thing with uh, Bored Apes, for example. But it's very likely at some point they might want to do something on Flow or with Dapper Labs. Um, you know, you can build on Flow and not do anything to do with Dapper Labs and vice versa. You, know, so you could build on Dapper and have nothing to do with Flow. So like, the, there's so many ways that we can see that expansion happen. So I'm really excited, but I think it's kind of inevitable. And Ticketmaster is on Flow now, or is that a Dapper partnership or a Flow deal? Um, so Ticketmaster is under Live Nation. My understanding is that it's a Flow thing, um, but I definitely can't speak too much on the partnership side, just because like I'm more like I'm lower level. You know, I don't I don't need a big partnership discussion. But yeah, I'm, um, yeah, from my understanding, it's, that's building on Flow. But do you have a key wrong. card to get into the Dapper building or not? Right, Do you, you, have think like a... let me, you think they're ever going to let me into Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, why they put him. They stationed him in Mexico. They were like, "No, you're, you're gonna you're gonna be the guy in Mexico." Okay, you're coming yeah. nowhere near the headquarters. <laughs> they're like, "You should have an office down in Mexico." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up, set up. Um, so Nate from uh, the Wolfpack, he he joined. You guys probably remember that. He now works Dapper. He works UFC marketing or product marketing. Yeah, um, he sent him to Canada. Uh, week one, <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I did laugh because I think in the chat you popped up like you've already been and I haven't been. What the <laughs> hell? Nate said, "Luke, sorry, I didn't see you there." I was like, "See me there? I was in there, mate." I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> but no, I mean, like, I don't. You know, it makes sense, right? Like, I didn't need to be there because um, I'm just yes, like that. Like that has so many different people, so many different skills, and I think one of the things that Dap is really good at is letting people shine in their skills. You know what I mean? Letting people do what they do good is what they're good at. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. I'm wondering, um, and and again, I haven't followed this, so I don't know. Like Ticketmaster, Live Nation, sort of on the flow side, is the, and maybe this isn't really a question for you specifically, Luke, but I'm just sort of thinking out loud, like, is that a situation where, like, one day, maybe relatively soon, people would be able to buy concert tickets using Flow instead of, like, dollars? Or a Dapper wallet, too. Yeah. It's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't like, thought about that in that way. Yeah, imagine you could sell moments, like your NBA moments, to get Dapper and then buy tickets with that Dapper. Yeah, yeah. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't sell your moments, would you, mate? 
I, I wouldn't recommend doing it. I, just in theory, if you wanted to, maybe attempt that. No, um, I, I can't speak on like whether or not it will happen. I think one of the things I'm I'm trying to think about at the moment is like ways that we can see Flow used more day to day because I, I truly believe that Flow is a better payment system than well cash definitely and credit cards and a lot of other crypto. You know, like it's, it's free. There's no gas fee. It takes less than like minting an NFT on Flow takes less energy than an Instagram post. So send and Flow actually going to take even less. You know what I mean? So it's like um, I really think there is a space there to have Flow as a form of payments. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, there's a lot of things that go into that building the infrastructure out. Those, those individual uh, businesses and brands they have to not only want to do it, they have to be motivated to build the infrastructure, and then they have to you know there has to be a benefit to them or they have to expect it will bring in enough extra demand to make it worth it. And I do think that flow is the future and it could be a future payment method, but I think it just takes time to get there. Sure. I will, as a aside, I, I've read, I saw a tweet. I didn't really read it because we don't read things these days, but I saw a tweet that uh, those of us in New York state can now get flow. Um, some legislation changed. There were some other states too. So, uh, as a disclaimer, uh, I was unable to purchase Flow uh, up until I think I don't know if it's if it's happened yet. I know that the legislation is passed. I don't know if the button's been pushed where I can actually purchase it, but um, that's exciting, right? It's exciting. It's got to be exciting, Luke, to see the the ability grow for people to engage with, um, you know, in this case, the Flow token, but just the platform in general. I mean, for me, my point of view, it's just exciting to see legislation. So I'm cooking with your plates in the background. It's exciting to see legislation change in general to make crypto more accessible. That's kind of what I'd say. That. I don't want to focus on one blockchain because, honestly, I just believe in crypto. So as much as I might love working on, on the, with the Flow team and I, I'm a big supporter of Flow, I also do hold other crypto. I'm a big supporter of those other cryptos as well. So I think, to me, just seeing crypto be more accessible in general is a great move, and I love to see it. Um, so yeah, Wolf, have you spiked your coffee yet? I spiked it already. I, I previously I did when you told me to. I did, Mark. Whatever you say, uh, I do. I like that. I, like I couldn't that. have too much. I have to drive up uh, up island a little in a little bit, so I wasn't going to get morning drunk. But I, I had I had a Kahlua and coffee. I like it. Sorry, Bailey's and coffee, not Kahlua. Right, I'm sorry, we drinking. Yeah, of course. It's Wolf Den Spaces, Luke. We got to be drinking. Yeah, it's a Saturday morning. And yeah, I, I do agree. You have to drink to get through it, if that's what you mean. Yeah, it's fine. That's the <laughs> <laughs> How else do you reminisce about 97? <laughs> you have a few. I don't... <laughs> Me, I was grade 10. I was a young, I was just a young wolf pup. I feel like that was when he broke up with like his his um, high school girlfriend. And no, I was there a fat kid. No that was pre-getting laid. I had not even there, there seen some, a vagina. There was some, <laughs> yeah. There was some traumatic incident that took place in '97. We just got to dig deep to figure out what it was. <laughs> yeah, we're up with some beers in, in Vegas and just asking about that. Tears would come out. Like that was the year that. <laughs> <laughs> Started working at McDonald's. <laughs> Made it big. Made it big. I was big, yeah. 
I was making uh, seven dollars Canadian an hour. So that's probably about five bucks American at the time an hour. Big, big, big bunny. Drove a low rider. Oh wow, you gangster. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, my stereo was probably worth more than my truck. That's how we rolled on the West Coast. Yeah. You had to get you had to get big subs. I got a noise complaint from the police for playing nice. my stereo too loud. Yeah. Nice. I seem to recall a photograph of you relatively young, Wolf, maybe with like a UFC fighter or something. Did you did you post something in, in our um chat a while back? Yeah, we were talking about a specific fighter, I think, and I posted. I wasn't too young. That was me in, like, I think that was probably 2011. Okay. I so I had my baby face on. So I was just wondering, like, when, at what point, you know, because I know you're a big UFC guy. You don't miss fights. You don't, you don't, you know, you, you get mates to come over for the night and hang out. Yep. yep. When did that start for you? Hmm. I I was always intrigued, even when it first came out on video in the 90s. I wasn't, like, obsessed, but I would rent them in the 90s. And then uh, someone from the small town in Duncan, where I grew up with, the fighter John Alessio, he fought on a pay-per-view, I think, in 99. So that would have been the first pay-per-view I ever got. Um, and then I sort of was in and out, and then sort of GSP started popping up around 2005, and that got me on the train. Are you, are you sure it was 99 and not 97? I'm pretty sure it was 99. Yeah, it was. I think it was 99. Summer of 99. Uh, and then, so yeah, about 2005, started watching it. And by probably 07, didn't miss a card. And then it just became the Saturday night hangout for a bunch of people and the, the thing we did. So you started watching videos. Was it because I don't know? Like I, I've never really gotten into it. Was was it not available on like no. a pay per view thing, or did you just not do that? I would have been young. I would have been too young to even know. Like you would have had to order a special cable box to get a pay per view back then, at least in Canada. Uh, it was banned a lot, like when it first started, right? Like some states would show it, some places wouldn't show it. So it wasn't until you'd go to the video store and be like, "Oh, UFC, they had." UFC 1, 2, and 3, you know, from 95 or 94 kind of thing. Out That it was like, oh, I got to get this. I was always a big pro wrestling fan as a kid. So it was sort of like, this is like pro wrestling, but real, you know. And so, yeah, you could only get the videos for a while. They had, I think, so tonight is UFC 275. I believe UFC 20 to UFC 30 were actually blacked out. And you could only see them live because they were banned in so many states. So you could only see them like after the fact on video and whatnot. Really? Yeah. It took, it took them till the two thousands when legislation kind of opened it up a little bit and you could actually start seeing it. And then the ultimate fighter came out in Oh five and the ultimate fighter was a, the reality show. The first one was a massive hit and that immediately flipped a switch into making it mainstream. And in the ultimate fight, if again, I'm not, I'm not into no, this. Okay. Yeah. But like that show was they were like was it that show or was it there a wrestling show where they were like creating a, a new fighter, right? Like you would you were following this group. It was almost like Survivor, but it was for yeah. 
Yeah, right? it, it ended up being two guys against each. They would fight each week, and the loser goes home. They still do the Ultimate Fighter, um, but yes, the the first the finale ended up being two guys who had a, an epic fight, and you know the legend is while the fight was happening, the ratings spiked, and this particular fight launched it into the mainstream because it was such a good fight. And I think the ultimate fighter ultimately showed people the work and the skill and the training that went into mixed martial arts and that it wasn't just this, you know, death match or whatever with no skill. I think it showed people like, Oh, it's a combination of American wrestling and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and boxing or kickboxing to, you know, figure out what this chess match is when you're fighting someone else with certain skills. Sure, which I which I completely appreciate, but I mean, let's be honest, right? Anything that's on TV is edited in a way that they want. They're they're showing you what they want you to see, right? So, how much of that process do you think was was done in an effort to sort of make it mainstream or make people, general oh. people? Um, appreciate it in that way. You oh, know probably a hundred percent. That was the, the, the goal was trying to win over the public and the, you know, the conservative thought at the time that it was just bad and bad for everybody. So I'm sure that was part of it, but the fights then were live and you can't edit a fight. So people sort of saw the, the fight in a different light. I think once they saw the training go into it and then in Canada, GSP became like a national hero. Like when GSP fought, I'm not joking. There'd be, minimum 20 people over at my house for pay-per-view if not 30 like gf gsp fought in canada it, everybody stopped and watched him fight and so it really and and because he was a nice guy and a hard worker it really sort of helped flip that switch of uh the public perception in this country at least america took a, america took a lot longer and it's funny because you live in new york which was the last state i believe to legalize mixed martial arts yeah it's certainly possible i i don't again it's it, i'm not really into it so i don't know yeah. but new york state becomes um it's interesting in you know in crypto and nfts um in daily fantasy sports betting in gambling like new york state i don't know it's an interesting state as it well it's being one of the richest and oldest states in America, you have sort of uh, the biggest bastions of old power, you know, that are holding on to whatever. They have a lot of power. So it's it with UFC in particular, or MMA, I should say, um, the owner of the UFC previously was the Fertitta brothers, and they own giant hotel chains across America. And the Fertitas had never unionized. So it was actually in New York in the 2000s. It was a big hotel union and union lobbyists that fought against the Fertitas legalizing MMA in New York. That was like a big part of it. So New York has such weird old ties to these systems of power. You know, put your tinfoil hat on, I suppose. But yeah, that is well, a big factor. But what's interesting about New York State is like New York State's a relatively large state, right? And New York City... And the politics of New York City controlled the majority of the state. Yes. And so there's that, that's that juxtaposition between the city and the rest of the state. But then there's also like the city is significantly more liberal than most of the rest of the state, yeah. right? So, of course. Like, a, yeah. So there's a lot going on. But well, um, New York it, State is always interesting as it comes to. It, uh, 
in crypto terms, right? You're talking about how flow wasn't legalized in crypto and betting. I mean, don't the, I'm just speculating, but don't the New York banks sort of probably have some of the most banking power in the world. So they would have an agenda to not be pro crypto. And I'm sure they have a bit stronger hold in that state than other states too. I don't, I don't just speculating. Yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting thought. I don't know the banking like lobby industry, but I would assume you're correct, right? Like there are some mass, like New York state is an, an incredibly important component to the United States as it relates to the financial world. And uh, I'm sure that, that there is, an interest that that is trying to avoid, you know, crypto and NFTs and and that you know the 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 sports gambling, the betting, the daily fantasy stuff. I've, I've always found interesting because it just recently became legal. But you know, like there are casinos all over New York State. You know, like so the gambling aspect isn't new, um, but for whatever reason. I don't know. It's 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 really interesting. New York State. There probably should be a documentary of some sort on um, some of this, like crypto and, and NFT and daily fantasy sports and these these new ways that people are engaging and spending money and spending their time. Um, because New York State is is an interesting. I think it would be an interesting perspective. I think you guys are kind of also just forgetting that New York, like people from New York, just live it slow. And that's probably all it is. You know, they just need—they just need longer to understand it. That's all. <laughs> Too bad Cole Gaines wasn't here. You know, you'd get all riled up by that. People from New York have really small, weak legs. <laughs> I think that's probably a solid take. <laughs> <laughs> you seen Mark? That guy's all arms at the gym. Yeah, I got bird legs, man. Bird legs. Yeah. Uh, it is an interesting topic, though, you know, just in general. Um, but yeah, so to retrace your whole thing, that was my UFC journey was uh, getting involved, GSP, legalization. And and I think part of the mainstream is even now we're sitting in a position where there's NBA Top Shot and UFC strike NFTs, you know, uh, which is crazy. New York banks can't stop that, baby. Yeah, well, but... So that's interesting, and let's take a second and stop on it. You, you're in Top Shot. You've got a Top Shot account. You have moments. You like the NBA. You collect the NBA. But I mean, I I don't think I'm overstepping by saying you prefer, like, if you could only watch one thing the rest of your life, you would choose UFC over Top Shot over NBA, right? For sure. Yeah. It would yeah, be tough. So- it would be tough if it was hockey. If it was my Oilers or UFC, that would be a, a very tough one. But uh, yes, I would pick UFC over NBA. If it was NBA Finals Game Seven tonight or a pay per view, and I had both, all, I would probably watch the UFC. So, with that in mind, like, what's your collection like? I mean, do you? You buy UFC stuff. Do you do the challenges? Do you try and get into it the same way as you did on Top Shot? Or, like, what's your mentality as it relates to that? Um, right now, the platform isn't as fun. The mom- I love the moments. The moments itself are cool. Uh, they, 
need work in terms of like the top shot ones look a lot better. There's this, this is a big nitpick, a big nitpick for me right now. When you play your moment on UFC strike, it doesn't go full screen. And I find this particularly annoying um, because it could be so much better. Uh, but I have both the, I have all the common sets of the UFC strike. I'm, the market, I've been just sort of watching it to go in further, so I haven't done too many. I've done some of the challenges. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Top Shot's a lot more fun as a game, and I am a gamer. So so one of the things that I think, I don't know, again, this is probably just an opinion, but, like, the NBA has a lot of games every year, and then there are, you know, like, there's All-Star Weekend, there's Summer League, there's the playoffs. So there's all these opportunities for top shot to engage NBA fans and make it fun. Um, and the UFC is different, right? Like typically it's Saturday nights, right? And yep. once a week. Um, yeah. So like, do you although think- they do stuff like the Dana White contender series and they do, you know, other sorts of things. Um, so do you think that they will be able to create an engagement I mean, it's going to be different, but like, I guess the question I will ask is how do you think the UFC can create a higher level of engagement more similar to the way that Top Shot does? Well, it's interesting right now. It seems like uh, some of my friends who are so definitely a bunch of my friend group are on strike and the ones that are engaged the most are using the discord because the discord has sort of a bunch of fun challenges going on. I think once those challenges and different games are on the website and not the Discord, I think that will create a lot more engagement. Um, I've said this before. One thing I like about the UFC is I feel like uh, I said this, I think, last week or a couple weeks ago. The NBA, in some ways, with Top Shot, you can almost, there's too many moments. You know what I mean? I do like with UFC, it's like one fighter might have like five or six moment worthy things a whole career. So, Whereas in basketball, there's like 17 dunks a game and cool three-pointers every game. There's the opportunity to make so many moments. So I think that there's a lot of potential where you'll have all the moments are very cool, big moments of the sport. But yeah, they need to have it so you pick the winners of the fights with your moments, not on a Discord, you know? You're you're using your moments once a week to, to do the fight cards and the fight picks, and that's how you'll craft and create uh, challenges and stuff. Do they have enough moments on the platform to do that? Like when when there's a fight night, right? Like so tonight there's a card and how many of the fighters have moments that you could do that? Good question. Tonight's card, probably 35% of the fighters. Most of the main card has moments. But not all, not all. And I think they are scared to, and rightfully so, mint every damn fighter too, because then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have a supply thing as well. So I think that it, it, in my mind, it it has to grow into that, and um, maybe you can, instead of picking the fighter you want to win, you can do a KO moment if you think it's gonna be a KO or a decision moment, or you know, maybe there's leniency into the, you know, just like in Top Shot, we have dunks and three points maybe they can swing the game into using the type of moment it is. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. 
do you, I mean, I don't know how much you've paid attention to or involved in um, NFL all day, but I think when I think about like gamification of sport, the NFL fantasy universe, I think is the largest, right? Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you, do you think that they'll be able to leverage the all day platform to do some type, you know, like they do the NBA challenges during the season and uh, during the playoffs? I mean, do you envision UFC and all day and La Liga when that, when that comes about, um, Maybe even the, the, I don't know, what is it, fan craze, whatever the cricket one is. I mean, do you envision that that is sort of replicated over all these different platforms? I think to some degree. NFL All Day kind of uh, put out their roadmap plan for that stuff. And it does sound interesting. I'm not sure if you read it. No, I don't read. Um, So they have said (laughs) that each week... Uh, Each week when the season starts, or maybe even when preseason starts, they're going to do one one crafting challenge, one burning challenge, and one normal challenge per Sunday slate or per week slate of games, Uh, which kind of made me think that, yeah, we're leaning towards them doing some type of fantasy or, you know, which I I thought was really cool. It made me, honestly, on my all-day account, I've been now trying to snipe some cheaper stars that you think are going to be good in fantasy. So it's like I was like, ooh, six dollar Cooper Cup. I'm gonna grab that, you know, things like that. Right. No, that's definitely interesting. Luke, um, if you're still with us, I know you're up here, uh, you're listed as a speaker. I don't know if you're listening, but like you've been clear on on a bunch of spaces that like you know, the all day team is different than the top shot team, it's different than the Susables team, etc. And we've talked about that ad nauseum. So um I'm just curious, like all day all they put out in their roadmap, there would be a crafting sort of burning aspect every week or most week. Um, do you, I mean, is there's gotta be some crossover or some understanding of like sort of how this jaw crafting burning thing is, is playing out and the um, technical side of it, how they set it up and how it's working. There's gotta be some crossover, some education, some learning between the two teams. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm being I'm being tricked here. Yeah, I know you don't. Mean I'm, I'm not trying to, honestly. I'm not so, like to. to a degree, yeah, but in the same way that you know, I don't know. Like Flunks might look at what NFL all day have done, right? Flunks on Dapper and like they parted with Dapper Wallet, and that was kind of the extent of it. Um, or like any project on Flow might come along and be like, oh, you see, all day did this. We can see what they did on the blockchain, and you can see the technical side of it. It's, it's kind of more like that. Um, obviously. You know, that's at least on my end. I'm sure the, you know, the economist is probably speaking, the top shot economist is probably speaking to NFL economy team and they're probably, you know, making sure that they're, they're learning from each other's uh, notes as well. But it's just that they, they build differently. So the way the burning tools were built, from my understanding, were kind of built differently as well. But at the same time, how different they can be isn't like that vast because they're using the flow blockchain. So it's like, the the actual behind the scenes tech of a, a moment being burned or a pack being burned, it's the same thing. It's an NFT being burned on the flow blockchain. So it's gonna look more or less the same. It's more just like the different sense of being like how it looks in product, you know? Yeah, no, that was that was where I was going next was like the moments are different, right? I mean when you look at an NBA top shot moment, there's some similarities, but but there are some differences as well to an all day or or UFC or whatever. And I was sharp, wondering this guy's sharp. Yeah, listen, 
I'm I'm as tuned in as anyone. Um, <laughs> but I was wondering if like the the actual process of burning the NFT is the same, right? Regardless of what it looks like on on the user end, if the process behind the scenes was the same. But it sounds like it's pretty similar. Yeah, I mean it's burning NFT. My understanding, and I'm not a blockchain guy at all in terms of on the tech side, but like. My understanding is it's more or less the same no matter what the NFT is. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Wolf, I got to step aside for two seconds. My daughter is killing me here. Hang on. That's okay. He just put his daughter on blast like that in front of everyone. I know. It's just no, it's just... She's standing right here. I threw her right under the bus. <laughs> should, we, should, we do, should we do this on air? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do it on air. Yeah. No. You stepped into the wolf stand. You get it. You're going to get it. All right, what do you want? So I got, we got Mo up here too, Luke. So I think what we're going to do to finish off this show is do Mo versus Luke in trivia. I yeah. can't wait. Man, what did I say when I first got brought up at the very start? I was like, my, my mind's all over the place. And now, you, Mo, you've probably been studying the book. So, what's the stakes against each other here? The, the, the what, loser has to... About. You've never oh, heard of the concept of trivia? <laughs> no, I've heard of the concept of trivia. <laughs> I, I don't know what the topic of trivia is. Uh, Wolf Den trivia, we usually... We'll usually That's do... Terrible. Yes, terrible. We're going to do some general knowledge uh, and maybe a basketball question, too. It's, it's, it's going to be out of five points, so there's going to be a bunch of different questions. Now, what is the loser going to give to the community between you guys? What do you got to give up? What, what else could me and Mo possibly have to give you at this point? I don't know. <laughs> Me and Mo give you all our free time, all our energy. What, what do you want from us? What else could we possibly give you? We, we want we want one of these people listening down here, listening to us shoot hot air out of our mouths to, to win something from you guys. All right, well, I mean, if either of us lose, we're going to give away. All right, we'll just give a pack if either of us lose. So you guys win regardless. We'll just do it for fun. All right, tell you okay. what, the, the winner can choose who gets the pack. Okay, winner chooses. Winner chooses what what the person listening gets. So if you're listening below, you've probably tuned in before, but we always end our our episodes with a Wolfpack trivia. Jay Jay's listening now. Jay lost last week, so he lost his title. So he's gonna be sitting there stewing. He uh, he likes to claim that I'm unfair in my running of trivia. Might be true. He might have a point. He might have a point. No, this is Jay, who's the biggest cheat going. He he's a pretty like one answer, yeah. And he's like, no, 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 it wasn't my answer. Everyone's like, um, what? <laughs> it's true. He's a pretty big cheater. So you know, we won't. Uh, I won't make. I'll give Mo an NBA question, but Luke, I won't give it to you because I don't want to. Okay, I'll take it. So we got Mark. Oh, Jay's in. Jay's in here now. Jay's Jay's got some shit to say. Okay, Jay, speak your piece. Let's let's see uh, let's see if you guys can keep the keep the rules nice and simple for our for our top shot uh, community guys here. All right, uh, and okay. well, no, 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 no shenanigans, uh, you know. And so yeah, no uh, no no changing the rules as they go. Keep it straight. 
I'm keeping my hand. Do I have to raise my hand before answering? or, do, or No, you will be asked a specific question. So it's, uh, we're, we're good. Yeah, we're going to do five rounds of questions. Uh, and you'll get sort of, you know, a point for each one, unless I feel like giving you two points. But I will say before the question, if I change the point value um, and the I, winner. I like think, sorry, I like how you think changing the point value a moment before the question makes the game more fair. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't do it to you because I just like to do it to Jay to bug him. Um, uh, so I probably won't do it to you. So, Luke. Round one. So, oh, Mark, I don't know if you heard the rules, but the winner between Mo and Luke in this dapper trivia off, the winner chooses the person that Luke is going to have to give away a prize to that's listening right now. So if you're listening, stay in. Keep those emojis going so we can see that you're active. Um, there's a lot of pride on the line between Mo and Luke here. Yeah, we, we, me and Mo have a love. We don't really get along. Very competitive. Okay. <laughs> so, Luke, first question worth one point. In the year 1997, oh, <laughs> in the year 1997, <laughs> Mo, we've been talking about 97 a lot. It's a great year. Um, Mo wasn't year... even born in 97. I know, I know. Uh, in the year, the days of yesteryear, 97, what was the most popular song? Oh, come on. So this song, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. It had to do with a famous death that happened in the UK. I want to hear you do this a cappella, whatever, whatever the song is. <laughs> I, didn't I might. Me, so go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Man, I, I was four years old then. So there was a big death. Well, was it Princess in the, There was a big death in the UK, and someone wrote a, a song about a it. I have a guess. And okay, Mo and Luke, here you go. Over this course of these five questions, you may ask Marker J. Uh, or me, if Mark asks the question, you can ask. You can call a friend one time. So was was can I can I ask can I ask like I don't know if I'm allowed to ask this. Was it was it released in '97? It was. No, I think good it was question. I, it, I was think it was your remixed. your good question. It was it was remixed and resung in 97 and became yeah. a top the top song uh, i know what I know, it is bro, it's so hard, i know what it is call on me luke am i allowed you, to phone a friend you, you can yeah, phone I, a friend I, I once Wait, I, you, I can guess this though. yeah if, he, if right, you don't want to waste already it googled it by now it's been like 10 minutes there's, there's no googles yeah there's no googles man. we know how you young guys do it mo my <laughs> oh I mean, yeah. doesn't understand trivia. He just Googles the questions. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think because, like, late nineties song about a death. Oh, it was oh, in honor of this friend. person. I'm, Bro, it's a UK song. How do you not know this? I, I was four years old, Mike. You think you I, think I was four I years old? Irony, banging on the radio. I think the irony of this song was that it was written originally in honor of somebody. And then remixed in honor of somebody else, if it's yes. the same song that I'm thinking of. Right. Am I allowed, am I allowed to ask Mark? My you can phone friend? a friend. You can use your phone a friend. Go for it, Mark. I think it's Candle in the Wind. Because oh, I think it was, the Elton John song. Yeah, I think originally it was for Marilyn Monroe, and then it was redone once Princess Died died, which I think was around 97. Yeah, I assumed it would be about Princess Diana, given it was 97, but I didn't, and UK, but I didn't know the song. 
That's my guess. I, I don't know, Luke. That's where no, I'm I at. That. I love that. I think it, surely it has to be that. Okay. He, you're taking that final answer? Yeah. That is one point for Luke. Boom. That is correct. Yeah. Mark, you've always been my And it favorite. seems to me you lived your life like a candle yeah, in the yeah, wind. I, like, I should have got that. I just didn't. Just, yeah. Because it's like such an old song, right? The original was like, yeah. what, what you say, Marilyn Monroe. So it was like 50 years ago? Yeah. 73. Yeah, was- originally was 73. And then released again in 97. Okay. Let's give Mo. Mo, Alrighty. your category is going to be 1997 as well. That's not fair. We'll, we'll rock. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry, the category was, no. it was 1997. Mo, who was in 1997 the rebound per game leader? In the NBA. 97? 97. 97. Who led in RPG? I think... Shaq. I think I know who it is, Mo. It's got to be... I think it's Shaq. He's taking Shaq. He is wrong. It is... Mark, who was it? Dennis Rodman. It was Dennis Rodman. What? Mark, you're beast tonight. This is incredible. All right, I'll take my L. It's okay. Next one. It's all right. It's all right. Luke will get some wrong assuredly, too. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. I I, I pretty much got the last one wrong. I just just should mark. He's not going to clean sweep yet. So it's one nothing, Luke, over Mo. We're going to round two. Mark, what, what should we do for round two? Should we do smarter than a fourth grader? Um, yeah, I think we should do um, just some general trivia, right? Okay. Not, general not trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you notice how he gave Luke a general general one and he went NBA on Mo? He oh, well, not he's not. not how did not Dennis Rodman game. average 16 rebounds a game? Like, what was going on back then? He was a beast, Mo. No, nah, that's crazy. All- that's Rodman was a beast, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I knew the Bulls won that year, but wow. Yeah. He, defended, he defended and he rebounded, and that was it. He was yeah. more like one, I don't know what he averaged, like 1.9 points a game. He was terrible. Cocaine and boards. That was his thing. <laughs> <laughs> he got really good at defending himself from. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so the category was 97J, just because I know you're trying to throw some shade here. Okay. It's getting a bit tense. I know it is. I'm looking for a good question here. So, Luke, the interior angle of a triangle always sums to... Oh, why couldn't you ask me this? Is that is that the question? That's the question. The interior angles of a triangle always sum to this amount of degrees. That is correct. Nicely done. Nicely done. I was like, like, am I wrong? Because I feel like there was more to come. Like when you just stopped, I was like, are you going to say 180 and then ask the question? (laughs) (laughs) Mo, same thing. We have general knowledge. Let's see. I'm excited. (laughs) A football field is 100 yards. Which is how many feet? A hundred yards. 
which equals how many feet? There's 36 feet in a yard, right? So 36 times 100. 36 feet in a yard. <laughs> it's three feet in a yard? <laughs> 36 <laughs> inches in a yard? Which one was it? Mark, do, do you know math? I, I can't tell you those things. Ma- I was Mark, just you know no. math? Hold on, I can I call think, my friend, bro. I think I can help you out, Mo. But I think you can get this on your own. There's 12 <laughs> inches in a feet. There's 12 inches in a feet. Yeah. There's that three I can feet confirm. in a yard, right? Okay. There's what? Three feet in a yard. We no one, we can't tell yard. you that. We can't tell you that. <laughs> right. You guys are putting me on the spot. I'm bad on the pressure. Uh, You're on the right not, track. Not really, you but You're on the right track. track. Okay, so there's, uh, there's, 12, there's twelve inches in a foot. Uh huh. And there and there are in a foot. I've been saying feet. I'm done bad. It's, it's all right. <laughs> You're young. You'll get it. <laughs> Mark, I'm calling you. I, I don't want to mess this one up. I need my points. How many? Right, how many? I'll help you out. So so you are right. There are twelve inches in a foot and there are uh-huh. three feet in a yard. So Okay, so yards. then it's just three gotta times a hundred. Right, it's got to be 300. 300. All right, there you go. 300 feet is correct. Bro, oh, man. It was because I was mixing up my inches with my... Man. All right, let's take point. Hey, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Why is this recorded? Why is this space recorded? Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. We like to... Don't worry, Bo. You can't be worse than Clegane's. So... <laughs> It's fine. I'm about to come back. I was just uh start. It's two to one. That's okay. You both burned yeah. your your call a friend. I've got I've got an NBA question coming. Remember, Mike. Mark, do you want to ask the next round of questions? Round uh, three, yeah, your I'm... pick. Round three, yeah. Mark's round. All right. Round three is my Wait, pick. Making up questions. I don't <laughs> making them up. Hundred percent making them up. These are going to be impossible. Mo, I got your back. Luke's not hold getting up, it. Hold up. I'm right here, man. I like it. I like it. Let's make it competitive. All right. Luke, how much time have you spent in bars in your life? How much time have I spent in bars? Yeah, this is not the question, but I'm just curious. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm trying to probably go out twice a week for like okay. 10 years. So you do the maths there. So did, do you ever play darts while you're at a bar? I'm terrible at darts. Oh, no. This is going to be a darts question, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, the question is on a dartboard, what number is directly opposite number one? Oh, there's no chance you get this. And if you do, you're a cheater. No, because don't... Isn't darts like dice where it adds up? Uh, there's different ways to play darts, but yeah, you can play so it adds up. No, don't... Do the darts numbers not add up to the one opposite i don't know on the iphone game when you play darts you're supposed to get to zero and you can't go like <laughs> right, 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 the iPhone. Okay, so never played darts. what i'm saying is is it you know on a dice two is always opposite four one is always opposite five yes dartboards are always set up i mean a, an official dartboard is set up the same and i think there are 20 numbers on the board so one through 20 there but is 20 numbers yeah would it but have what to be Wait, let me just do this in my head. Would it have no? Would it have to be twenty? 
is that your answer? Well, they have to add it to something. Fuck me, bro. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> guessing here. I'm trying to picture it. It's because I never go for ones, mate. I only ever go for the triple twenties when I play darts. I'm 180 or bust. 180. Oh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help, I'm gonna help you a little bit, right? Because this is, this is tough. So when you're looking at the dartboard, the direct center of the top is actually 20. That's where the yeah. 20 is. Yeah. So the one is to the to the right of that. Oh, okay. What is what is opposite of the one? Oh, bro. Well, that that's my only chance of guessing it out the window. Even though I mean, oh, let's go. Let's go. Seventeen. Ah, it's a good guess, but it's nineteen. Nineteen. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, up to twenty. Is that what it is? <laughs> Yeah, 17 is on the other side of, like, the 20 and the 3 line up, and then the 19 and the 17 are on each side of the 3. You were close, actually, Luke. You were in the right ballpark. Mm -hmm. You were working through it correctly, for sure. Cheers, guys. Thanks for telling me I'm wrong, but good after. (laughs) (laughs) Producer OK Jose chimed in and said, how are the U.S. guys explaining darts to a U.K. guy? (laughs) I mean, All right. I don't play darts. I don't know what to say that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's two two. No, it's two one still going into Mo's question. So Mo, right. you can tie this up, man. You can, this is yours to tie it up. I'm here. Mo, this should be easy. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons why this should be well, easy bro, for bro. you. Again, I'm right here. You've already said you're gonna help him out. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Mo. Area fifty one. Is located in which U.S. state? No. no, referee. Um, uh, state. I'm just gonna say Nevada. You are Walker. correct. You are correct. We're tied up. It's two two. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. Easy one. Easy one. I was going to give him a hint that it's where Summer League Luke, is. you got interior <laughs> angles of a triangle. Let, let's not talk about easy. Mo, you did get 100 yards. How many feet? I mean, come <laughs> on. I, mean, not, I, I, mean I, I messed up the inches in the, in the yards. <laughs> I was put on the spot. Okay, Mo and Luke, before we go to round four, there is a bonus point. Let's go. For North America's favorite game. What's in Wolf's mouth? Yeah. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh, I've never been playing this game. All right, let's go. Okay, so the first person to correctly guess the item that I am chewing on wins. If you're playing at home, you can message the Wolfpack account. I do appreciate how many DMs I get every time. Don't, don't put it in the Wolfpack DM. Message me for wins. <laughs> oh, we got Spine. You know what? Spine just tuned in right now as we're about to play What's in Wolf's Mouth. He loves What's in Wolf's Mouth. Let's see if he's going to get it. Spine, welcome to the Wolf Den, my friend. Spine, welcome to Saturday Wolf Den. Okay, so it's a bonus point. First person to answer. You can't rapid fire answers either. You give me one every 10 seconds, and I will, as we go along, help you. I'll give you clues. The first thing I will say about this item before I put it in my mouth and chew it. I had to take the pit out. So here we go. I'm going to chew. 
Very Is chewy. A goldfish. Not a goldfish. It's a date. It's a date. He got it right away. Right. Chewy wow. has a pit. That's a date. Give oh, I didn't know what a pit boy. was. Oh. I call wow. those. A, I call those seeds. Right, you're in a danger pit oh. right now, mate. You're in the pit of pain. I call those seeds, bro. Where are right, they called? Bonus pits? five points to me. It is a pit. Only bonus one. One point bonus. So it is three two Luke going into the fourth round. Let's go. Let's go. A date. That was good. You were good at that, Luke. And the pit clue, I think, might have been too strong. Because when you said pit, I was mm. in my head. Like you're not gonna be chewing on like what an avocado? Like what? Or what? peach. Yeah, an yeah, olive. Maybe, but then as soon as you bit and it wasn't like sloppy, it's not gonna be a peach. Right? I think yeah. I can't believe I just said on the spaces as soon as you bit and it wasn't sloppy. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing my Saturday? I just, you know, still I'm I'm waiting till I'm on the official Top Shot thing playing this with Roham, but uh, I'm gonna hold that. We'll the winner can help me arrange that. We'll pass that along. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the winner between you two, we're gonna have to get you back on to challenge someone else from Dapper, so the trivia Dapper title can continue. Bro, I'm not, I'm not telling anyone at my job about this. Do you know? How- <laughs> oh, Austin's played. Don't worry, Austin has played. Yeah, Austin's fine. Austin's yeah. I think Jacob might have been here. Yeah, Jacob would play. Like, it's like. Oh, I'm gonna get Dave in. Like Dave got room point uh, spaces for you. What's yeah. the next question? Or is that it? If I won, is that it? You haven't won. No, that was a bonus one. We're going into round four. You are up three to two. Spine, you want to do round four? You got some trivia for these guys? No, no, you, I'm still working. You got to do your thing. You're still working. Okay, 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 okay. All right, I want... All right, we'll go back to Mark. Should we do general trivia? Sorry. Yes. Yes. General trivia it is. General trivia it is. Okay. Let's see here. Some of these questions you get are are don't, don't make sense unless you're uh, reading them. Okay. Luke. This is a third grade question. They say, "How many Great Lakes are there in the United States?" Right. Oh, there's, there's no way you Luke, get this. I could have helped you out, Luke. No, I would have used I my phone, used friend. This. Oh, that's so tough. All right, well, I need to. Well, I need to see if you're listening. <laughs> I want you to put your emojis up if it's more than ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. He's gaming the system here. I like no it. I like it. it. <laughs> um, no, I honestly don't know. I won't. I won't cheat. Don't worry. Um, it is. I will give you a hint. It is under ten. Well, I know that now. See, I'm like acting like I'm not cheating, but I had no idea, and now I can at least ballpark. I went from like I might say forty to like, well, it's definitely into ten. So I've like massively so, increased my guest chance. So um, Great Lakes. Listen, Where- while you while you think about this, I'm gonna throw an anecdote out there. Um, I live right right along Lake Champlain, which is no, a, Great Lakes. It, it it's well. So here's the deal, right? Like Lake Champlain is a big lake. And it goes through, it's in Canada and New York State. It was for a, like, two weeks, it was a Great Lake. Somebody had pork-barreled legislation that made it a Great Lake. And then once people realized it, they were like, fuck no, that's not a Great Lake. Get rid of it. So, wait, um, people are just, wait, I'm sorry, people are just deciding what's a lake or not in the U.S. Well, it's a lake, but they Somebody declared it a Great Lake through red legislation, and then, like, two weeks later, they undid that legislation. 
Um, what, what defines a great league then? I think um, the size. I, th- I think a specific size. Yeah. It's not just like someone be like, yeah, this is great. I like this. This is good. So the, the great the great lakes in the U.S. are, if I'm not mistaken, they are all connected through like smaller lakes and rivers. And it's essentially the largest freshwater system in the world. Oh, so, like, yes, that is true. you say they're all connected, could you maybe like name them all? Um, so I, I could name them all. <laughs> the definition is a series of large interconnected freshwater lakes with certain sea-like characteristics in the Mideast regions of North America that connect to the Atlantic Ocean via the St. Lawrence River. Okay. okay. All right, look, I'm thinking. All right, it's under 10. And when I said over 10, everybody looked shocked. So it's not going to be like 9 or 8. I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's like 7 or below. And if it was like two well it's definitely not one right and if it was two or three it is lakes yeah it is lakes exactly and if it was like two or three like it wouldn't be the great lakes it'd be like yeah you know so and so like like the dead sea or the red sea or whatever it is like you know the names of these things you know so the fact that we don't have we don't use their names but they have names it's got to be more than three so i'm gonna take a guess that it's between four and seven and i'm feeling i'm feeling sexy today so i'm gonna go with six for six six is sexy Final answer, sexy six, which is wrong. It is four. No, I did, you said no, it's five. It's five. No, it's four. <laughs> no, there's, oh, there's five. No. It's five. No. There's, there's it lakes. is. Lake Superior. How many lakes? Yeah. There, there's, there's Lake Superior, Lake Huron, Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, Lake oh, Ontario. Michigan Huron, I believe, is one lake. No. How no, many Great not. Lakes are there? This question says, how many Great Lakes are there in the United States? It says, answer four, Michigan, Huron, Superior, Ontario, and Erie. I just want to point out, I think my logic was pretty fucking sound. Wasn't I, bad no, logic. Was four, five, or six. Like, you know, no, I, the, I log- chance. the logic was great. It's, there are five Great Lakes, but either way, it's not six. I know well, that. I mean, if, if you're going from four to five, why can't I get from five to six? I mean, well, if you could miss sixth one, I mean, <laughs> there was six. Georgia there Bay. was six because no, Lake it's four. Plain. It's Michigan. Exactly. Here on is one lake. I, I won the uh, eighth grade geography county eighth grade Bro, county doing, geography. What are you doing? I'm telling you, the, the, you the, the answer doing, is five. It's 100 percent five. Right, it, that final answer. Uh, um, Mark, so you named a great lake. I didn't know we weren't counting that one, so I think my answer counts. Yeah. Okay. So, so it, there are there are five great lakes, but there were six because at one point Lake Champlain was the great lake. <laughs> like, well, you never it, said it's five. So here total. to weigh in on this, there is, if you go to the Wikipedia, a dispute on whether it's four or five. No, because there is. Sorry, there is. There is I a dispute. The pro, Eric. There is no so there dispute. is a dispute now <laughs> that some consider Lake Michigan and Lake Huron as distinct, but they are connected uh, by a little underwater cavern. So, I, I but there are some people now that every single one of the lakes is connected. Though all five, yeah, of yeah. I'm, just, I, I'm telling you what science is saying, not what our personal feelings is. It looks like that people are calling it now Lake Michigan Huron as one lake. But well, they're think, all connected because it's the largest. I'm, I'm not one denying lake. us. I'm, one lake then. It's the largest so. freshwater system in the world. Like they're all connected via rivers and like smaller lakes. 
Anyway. So listen, listen. Huron and Michig- Michigan are hydrologically a single lake because the flow of water through the strait keeps their water levels in overall equilibrium. Although the flow is generally eastward, the water moves in either direction depending on local condition. Combined, Lake Michigan Huron is the largest freshwater lake in the world. Uh, look, I think due to the so there is. We should probably just call the question a let. <laughs> if you had guessed it's five, I would, I would have it's pushed it. Six. It's not six. It's not six. <laughs> so we. Controversy in general on this question as well. I like the controversy. I like the controversy. To keep it in the spirit of water, Mo. To tie up the game in the fourth round, you're down three two. What is the longest river in the world? The Amazon River. He got it. It's three three going into the final round. Who didn't even hesitate? He was. He, like, didn't, he knew. Yeah, I, I guess that was my strong point. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was. He was wanting that. He wanted that Great Lakes questions too. I know. So um, he was like, "Yeah, I got this." I was like, "Oh, damn, intimidated." I was so shook. If you were gonna say five, I was so shook. I was just sitting there anxious. Mate, no, my, my my guess, my knowledge is pretty good. Four, five, or six. Yeah, I know. I was getting mad too because no one reacted. I was like, someone trick him. <laughs> well, if you want to go by science, here it is on uh, online. The Amazon is considered the world's largest river by volume, but scientists have believed it is slightly shorter than the Africa's Nile River. Ooh. Oh. What do you, you mean believe? There's like satellites that can measure that shit. What are we believing? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's. So the last round, do we do general knowledge, Mark, for the last round? It's d- really hard because it's the last I, question. Well, yeah, we can do general knowledge for most. Um, Luke still needs an NBA question. Mm, we haven't done an NBA <laughs> round at all. We well, most yeah, NBA. can do a full NBA round for me and Luke for the last one. Okay, I will. I, I will. I had an NBA question. What are we doing? Yeah, it was I just 1997 know. question. That wasn't an NBA specific question. My nose is going to crush any NBA question. No, I, I literally got the Dennis Rodman one wrong. Yeah, he did. He's now going to have a day of like really watching Dennis Rodman old film and whatnot too. Okay, I've got a good basketball trivia site. So, and it's got a lot of them where you have a choice. So, let's see here, Luke. Luke. Yes, man. What is the what is the fewest points allowed to an opponent in the second half of an NBA game? Was it 19 points, 22 points, 16 points, or 25 points? I don't even understand the question. <laughs> so the fee- there's two halves in a game, correct? Yeah, I get that part. Get so that part. what is the fewest points ever allowed in a second half like what's the fewest points scored in a game allowed so thing it's the same thing yeah was it Um, 19 22 16 or 25 i got 19 the answer was 16 16 that was a good guess that was tough 2006, the Los Angeles Clippers held the New Orleans Hornets to an NBA record low 16 second half points. That is a really bad half. Holy cow. Did you know the yeah. answer, Mo? Oh, no. 
great. Cheers to that, guys. Cheers to the impossible NBA question. 3-3. Three, three. Mo for the win. At least he gave you options. Gave him options. Let's see. Mo, in 1998, who won the Nestle Crunch Slam Dunk Contest? Was it Spud Webb? Was it our guy this week, Magic Johnson? Was it the GOAT, MJ? Or was it Dominique Wilkins? Um, one is not like the other, so I think they won, Spud Webb. The answer is the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Mark, we're going to have to go to overtime. Nah, bro. Oh, man. Terrible, bro. <laughs> I think, honestly, Mo, using that logic, one is not like the other. Wouldn't it be Michael? Wouldn't it be Magic Johnson? I think he thought it was a trick question. <laughs> yeah. Why was Jordan? Yeah, so much was, yeah, that, nice was that when he did guys. the free throw dunk? I thought that was uh, I think so. That was uh, Michael Jordan in February 6th with a perfect score. I 50. thought he was in the. I don't know why, but in my head, I thought he was in the slam dunk contest like early on in his career, not near the end of it. Oh, 88 you was... said 1998? No, yeah, 88. You... Okay, oh, you said 98. You did say 98, did I? Trick question. There was no slam dunk contest in 1998. Oh, there you go. You tricked, you tricked everyone again. I, I... <laughs> 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 Unintentional. <laughs> Unintentional. I meant to say 88. Literally every trivia question is a trick today. Yeah, it generally is. Um, it generally is. Generally is. 90. All right. So do 80. I get a redo? No, you get okay. What do you mean? Well, your you question wasn't a trick. The guy who asked the question did. If you said 88, that. I would have said Jordan. Okay. Because Spud Webb wasn't in the league yet. And then uh, Magic was, never I, I think 1998 was the strike year, so there was no slam dunk contest. Yeah, yeah that would have been a good. Costume. That would have been a great trick question, actually. Um, yeah, that would have been a fire option. There was no slam dunk contest. Okay, and then okay, I, then fine. My logic would have worked. We'll give you okay, fine. We'll give you a redo. We'll give you a redo just because we don't like Dumbo very much in this. Um, <laughs> we can go to another round. I don't mind. Mark, what does what does the un, unbiased party say? What does the judges say? Uh, I think we should do another round. We should we should another do round. Another okay. Round. Both get a chance, and I'm sure Dumbo will get it wrong. Another round NBA questions. Okay. Luke, who was the first Chinese player to play in an NBA game? Yao Ming? Mao Zedong? Hai Ruai? Or Wang Zizi? Um, I know there was that really famous Chinese player. So That was Yao Ming. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I know him. But that was what, like, 10 years ago or something? I can't remember. But, but what I'm saying is, I think either it was him, and you just made it the other names. I haven't. I feel like would be kind of wild for you to do. I'm probably mispronouncing them terribly. Or they were also playing, and they just weren't famous enough. When you say Chinese, I assume you don't mean like Chinese-American. I would, it, exactly. It'll be born in China. So is it like a Wang Zizi? It's not a trick question, Wang. No, it's so, like not a trick question. It, a trick question for me, where it's like, oh, I'll say Yao Ming because I know it. It was in. I'll give you a clue. It was in two thousand and one. Brilliant that you think that's a clue. clue. Wang like, Zizi, Hai Ruai, Yao Ming, or Mao Zedong. Uh, and are they all NBA players? No. 
No. Okay. I'm going to go Yao Ming. Why not? I think that's a safe bet. It's a safe bet, but it is the wrong bet. The answer is Wang Zizi. Zai Zai. Z-H-I, Z-H-I. This is the last name. I I respect the bulls in you to pick this question. That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Mao Zedong was a funny answer they had in there. Uh, so yes, that was on the Dallas Mavericks 2001. Good for him. Why don't we get another NBA question out of interest? I thought we'd do another It's round. because he gave me the wrong year. So we're like, what are we Yeah, that's what Mark, the rule master of today, called for was another round of NBA. Mark. Mo, I'm ready. Why did Kevin Durant choose the jersey number 35? Oh, I actually know this. Luke knows this? Yeah, I do. So, Mo, was it because it was his first tetrahedral number? He plans to play until age 35. His first coach was murdered at 35. Or his hero was Reggie Lewis. I think it's because of his his coach. Mo is today's trivia champion. Luke, did you have that answer? I think it's because I used to remember seeing KD make those tweets and then the number 35. Mm -hmm. You're the champ, Mo. The reason I knew it is because when we were talking about marketing for KD, everyone was like, oh, you like 35 packs or whatever it was. We were talking about 35. All right, first one, uh, Laugh React wins the pack. First one, Laugh React gets the pack. That was fine. Wow. Oh, wait, I, I, I can't see the whole spaces. No, it's yeah, fine. I can. No, it can't be a speaker. Can't be a speaker. Can't be a speaker. Oh, okay. It was Shepard. Yeah. It was Shepard. It was Shepard. It was Shepard. Yeah. Damn, Poker Pro, they got you. Yeah. <laughs> that was a trick again. Every damn thing that was, a was trick. It was, that was a trick. You, you got to pay a price to come and speak on the Wolf Den. Uh, Shepard, I'll DM you. Price to speak on the Wolf Den. Yeah, I love it. Um, we'll tweet it out and let all the other Dapper employees know that Mo beat Luke in trivia, uh, <laughs> where they can listen in and maybe well, what, what clip sound. No, comments. don't tell them to listen in. Please don't tell them. The, yeah, the, 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 like, 36 feet in a yard. Mind. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was really hard trivia, and that was really impressive. That'd be awesome. The final score was 4-3 to three Mo in overtime, sixth round. Luke also got the bonus point. Yeah, Luke got a bonus point too. That was a wild guess on the date. Quick guess. I've been been listening to stuff that's been in Wolf's mouth for so long. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. I was was born for that round. (laughs) (laughs) Luke's really had a 180 with the game too. He went from being horrified to it to now... Really enjoying it. It's it's the best part of his week, I think. I mean, he's he's learning more along the way. I like the NBA questions. What, what, yeah. what I think was uh, was nice with the what's in your mouth game is that I hated it until I was able to get points from it. And I was like, let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Do another round. Yeah. I think it was last week or the week before I said it's time for what's in Wolf's mouth and immediately Clegane's came online and came in. He's like, I got to get it. I love this game. <laughs> and he's really good at it too. <laughs> hey, while we're on talking about games, can I ask Mustafa yep. and El Dumbo? Um, I thought the promotion yesterday for the, to win a hollow pack was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. What, what was the, 
Do you guys know what what the best score was so far from last night or the highest? Oh, we actually posted them. Uh, oh, okay. got, where, where, where do I look for that? It's in the playoff predictions channel, the same one where you went to go make your predictions. And we yeah, also posted. Yeah, I, like, I think it was great. That was really difficult. I didn't think it was. It's a really cool promotion. We got two people who finished with fourteen out of fifteen, and then one person was perfect, but Clay finished under uh, the twenty six point five. Wait, what do you mean it's so perfect? Clay, did, he, did he get it right or wrong? No, he got the last question. Like he was fourteen out of fourteen, and then Clay finished with under. So he got, oh, his, he finished oh, with fourteen. Yeah, see, he missed by one. Yeah, he missed the last question. That was in the where could people find that if you do this again? Yeah, it says a guy oh. named Danny Bomb got fourteen, and almost Mike got fourteen. Uh, you Have can you find the... it in the playoffs predictions channel and. Uh... In the Discord, but we host them through the verified only. So if you join our Discord, connect with Collabline, get verified, you can just uh, join in on all the fun. Yeah, so only yeah. verified people can participate. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's I cool. The, I see the finals here. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. And hey, you know, it was a fun week. The Magic, we didn't really actually, Mark, talk about the Magic drop, but the Magic drop, I thought was. Uh, the moments just looked really awesome, and I thought that was a huge step forward for showing like a way to honor legends. And I, I hope that uh, long term they they stand. And you know that was just a really sweet thing to see this week. And the autograph, right? Like, and the autograph. Talking. Yeah, that was awesome. The autograph was really awesome. I know it was fun reading speculation on people wondering if they could burn tons of moments of a guy to get one of them autographed, and it'd be really. It was a really cool little slice of the future that maybe we'll see. All right, Mark. Well, I think we're, I think we're out of here. Spine, are you going to, are you going to howl us out? Yeah, I'm in between patients. So I'll do it. You're in between patients. Perfect. Thanks, Mo and Luke. Trivia master Mo. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for having us. We got Spine in here, even though he's busy on a Saturday. It's awesome. Howl us out, Spine. To all the wolf back out there worldwide, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope you'll join me in a good afternoon. How? How? See y'all later. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Thank you.